podcast to talk all things pro wrestling is that time for this week's edition of 607 TWS live on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast and of course anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607 TWS as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am one of your hosts here on 607 Podcast on Twitch, and I'm also the host of the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me as he does each and every week, he is the other host here at 607 Podcast on Twitch, and is also the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the OTPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is good? What is going on? Let's talk some pro wrestling, goddammit. I'm ready. Ready. We got we got a we got a decent sized week. Not the biggest week, but a decent sized week. Lots of stuff going floating around there. I mean, we'll have even more. We were talking about before we went on air. We were talking about uh, something that definitely is going to come up tomorrow yes. on the ODPH podcast. And that, of course, is lots of pro, ra- pro, pro football talk. Wow, I almost said pro wrestling. I forgot what show we're doing. There'll be there. some pro wrestling there, too. There'll be some pro wrestling talk there. There'll be something. And then uh, we were talking earlier, uh, this, this uh, tomorrow, I'm going to make my triumphant return to the ODPH because I want to talk some football, too. Yes. Because I want to talk some football. There is a lot of moves going on, especially with one Las Vegas Raiders football team. Who I happen to be a lifelong fan of, so it's a good time for me to be there. But on top of that, uh, I also want to talk about the other moves in football. And uh, it gives me a good outlet to join Padawan J and Ken M here. And uh, then we can also talk some pro wrestling there as well. I mean, we're getting close to the biggest weekend in the wrestling year. Yes, indeed. Speaking of which, I want to throw this out there before we give out you know, our information. Because we always go and give open plugs. The we've got a lot to talk about the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. We got a big announcement we're going to do before we get into the first. But we're not going to do that now. But next week's show, just to let you know, we got two super sized programs because next week's show we will be covering a preview of the collective, yes, and a preview of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge weekend. And, and giving out some particulars for both of those. So that's going to be what's coming up on the docket next week. Because that's all a WrestleMania weekend. Also in there will be the Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor show. Yeah. The NJPW show that's coming out. There's a lot of stuff we're going to be. So pack it in because next week's going to be a hell of a ride. Loaded is an understatement. And then the following week, we have a big surprise that we're going to announce in a little bit. But it'll be a super precise show because we're going to have to give results for all of those and our thoughts and opinions, including WrestleMania mm-hmm. and the Collective and Ring of Honor and everything else. God damn, bro. It's going to be a busy, busy week. So if you're not following, make sure to drop that follow and don't miss a minute of the content. It's going to be some great stuff. This is the busiest weekend usually in the pro wrestling year coming up starting next week. Going through the following week for us is our big week as everybody else in wrestling. And we're going to do our due diligence to give you our thoughts and opinions because that's what we do here on 607 TWS. But before we uh, we have to go over something serious and then a little bit something more fun before we even get into the opening contest. But before we do that. Ken M, tell the fine folks how to find yourself and the Ocho Duro Parley Hour Podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on our social media accounts. They're all right there. We interact with everybody. Check out the T Public Store. New designs up right now. 
Check out Parlay Points. New uh, blogs count anywhere dropped this weekend, so you definitely want to stay tuned for that. It's a complimentary piece uh, to 607TWS and the ODPH Podcast. All that and so much more. ODPHpodcast.com. And, of course, if you would like to find the Three Fat Nerds Podcast, you can do that anywhere you get great podcasts. But also, you can just visit us on our very public website, 8122productions.com. We have our very own uh, Patreon channel up there, patreon.com slash 8122productions. Also, also, we have our T Public store. Also, we have friends of the show and all that crazy stuff. 8122productions.com is the place to be. The information for Three Fat Nerds Podcast, 607TWS, Horror Zone, 607. It's such good shit. Absolutely. So just check us out there because we have a lot to dive in. And Padawan Jay is already giving us live dates, live updates for Monday Night Raw. As he says, Kevin Owens has opened Raw with appears to be a shaved head and a full Stone Cold Steve Austin outfit, knee braces and all. Oh, my God. That's wild. That is absolutely insane right now. God damn, son. God damn. Anyways, well, we know that's going to be something coming up for WrestleMania. That's going to be next week. But he'll be dropping in throughout the night in case anything's going on on Raw while we talk. But let's get serious for a second. Can we get serious? Let me get serious for a second. Unfortunately, we have to. So this uh, we've been on this. I, 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 we've been on this crusade for a little while now here on 607 TWS about not being toxic and, you know, the, the things you can do to go out of the way. And one of those carried over to commentating in pro wrestling, especially in the independents. And the fact that a lot of independents, you know, they don't bring in commentators. They don't use commentators. They just use whoever's around them. Mm-hmm. They use either friends or family or a local podcast who might not have a following or, uh, oh, he just psyched out the Chicago crowd with Stone Cold's music. Eh? The heel heat is ridiculous. I know Kevin Owens. But we, uh, we, we, you know, we've been talking about this and not even to put ourselves over. We did give our listing out to our services. If somebody would like to book us for commentary, uh, more than happy to do something in, 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 in that. And we also plugged, uh, you know, great people like Veda Scott. Yes. Who does a great job out there on independent pod, you know, out, out there in the independent wrestling world on, on, on. Uh, she should be signed to TV. Let's be honest. She's she's great on commentary. Very great on and, commentary. And you know, other people. Dave Prezak comes mm-hmm. to mind, and and even our good friend KG Kevin Gill. I mean, GCW's sometimes team you, is great. Sometimes you like to see him get hit in the head with light tubes, <laughs> but you know, for the most part, comparatively speaking mm-hmm. to what we've heard elsewhere, it's good. Yes. With that being said, we've been bringing this up, and we've been telling people, and of course, one of the main reasons is if you would like your your product to be perceived as larger than life, you should put something into your production, whether that's the music, the lighting, the cameras, the commentary that all plays a part. Uh, a good commentating team could take a good show to a great show. It can even take a decent show or less than average show and turn it into at least a good show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is if they're telling the story, if they're giving the wrestlers the respect that they deserve and they're putting over the stories and not putting over themselves. But unfortunately, in this day and age, that's, that's, that doesn't happen. Unfortunately, in this day and age, a lot of people love to be bum-fuzzled. Okay? That's our new term for it. Yeah. And I'm sure the person who said that knows exactly who they are. That's okay. Because you're the kind of clown we're talking about. And what's happening, what's happened, I should say, is that it came to light this past weekend as a show, and I won't say the company's name. I won't say the commentator's name. I won't give anybody any more press than they deserve. But it came out that uh, two young ladies were having a match at an independent wrestling show, and the commentator thought it was a good time 
to not talk about what the ladies were doing, to not talk about what kind of match they were having or how good or bad they were doing. No, 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 no. Not even talk about the show or what's coming up in the future on the show. No, Ken, you know what he decided to do? And wonder out loud and ponder to himself out loud how good they would be in bed. Absolutely disrespectful. You know... And I'm not saying it was right then, but we are past the days of Jerry the King Lawler and puppies, folks. Mm-hmm. Let's be completely honest, and and let's be completely, you know, it's it it we're past those days. Like there's nothing. We're, those days aren't coming back. I know there's some people out there who really wish those days would come back. Those days ain't coming back, folks. They're over. Fuck those days. There's no time and place for that in this day and age of wrestling. And if people can't get through their heads, they shouldn't be doing commentary because that was absolutely disrespectful to the performers in the ring putting on a match. There is no excuse for it now, then. It needs to stop immediately. And the fact that we are sitting here on our soapbox yet again preaching about you need as a business, if you were a federation running an indie, put money in your product and get the right people in there because if you're thinking that this is okay, fuck your product. And here's the problem. It's like I could give you the I told you so moment, and I don't want to do that because that's not what this is about. This is just disgusting. This is more disgusting than I thought I would ever have to deal with in this. I thought I was just going to be some fucking nobody who got lumped in to be content creators for a bigger entity, uh, putting themselves over on somebody else's, you know. Uh, program and disrespecting the wrestlers that way. I never realized it was going to be some nobodies who try to have an edgy wrestling podcast. Oh my God. Mm. Who want to say things like how she would be in bed instead of putting over the product, the company, or the wrestlers. That's what I, that's what I, I, oh, I didn't fear this because I didn't think it was going to be this. But guess what? Here we are. Here we are. But it's still the other two. You know, listen, man, anybody, anybody can say they're affiliated with X, Y, and Z. Because X, Y, and Z need content creators to create the products that they make money off of. My question to people who are connected to those people are, how much are you being paid? Yeah. I know how much the offer I received was. True story. I can tell you it wasn't worth a fucking damn. I can tell you I would rather give my truth and speak my truthful and honest opinions like we do each and every week here than to shill somebody else's ideas. But it's not that I haven't been approached with that. And also, I'm not going to make content for said person, I'm not going to bring up their name, but I'm not, it was actually a couple people, but I'm not going to make content for said people when they're going to make all the profit. That's stupid. That's stupidity. But there's a lot of people out there that are just happy to be here in cloud chase. And that's fine if that's you. And I know there's a lot of podcasters out there that listen to us and I'm not necessarily talking about you. If it sounds like I am, then if the shoe fits fucking wear it, mm-hmm. maybe this is your wake up call. You know, I, I, as a podcaster, as a, as a proud independent podcaster, whether it's this show, whether it's the Three Fat Nerds podcast, whether it's the ODPH, whether it's uh, Horror Zone 607, those are the products that we do here at 607 Podcast. Okay? I can tell you 100% that none of us have made a decision based upon money. None of us has made a decision based on clout. Mm-hmm. Everything that we've done since day one, and I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm virtuous, check me out, but everything we've done is to be honest and give our honest opinions and takes that are based in logical fact, not some fucking made-up nonsense, not like six degrees of separation of the truth and reading in to the tea leaves or saying, or or pulling Dave, you know, we're going to start calling Uncle Dave, Dave Tradamus, <laughs> because Nostradamus wrote down a lot of shit, so eventually you'd be right, 
And we'll talk about it later when we talk about Cody Rhodes in the main event. Uncle Dave did a genius job of covering every fucking base there possibly was where Cody Rhodes could have gone. Mm. So he could always say he was right. And it's uh, they're in writing. Go back and look. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like we're making this shit up. But there's plenty of people who feed into it and eat that. And they see that cloud chase and they think they're going to be the next one. Well, you can't be. You know what? You know, Uncle, this is going to be credit to Uncle Dave. This is going to be credit to our good friend, Sean Ross Sapp. This is going to be credit to Wade Keller and the such. Ready for this? You know what they all did? They built an empire. Whether we agree with what they say, what they do, what they whatever, they built an empire. If you ever want to be in that table, you have to build it. And that's what we've done here. And we've built it and they've come. We've gotten better numbers. We're growing. We're going up and up and up. And it's not all about that. For me, it's about my honest opinion. I will, I've said it before. I will stop doing the show the day that I don't believe what I'm saying. I'm with you. And so far, track record, been right about a lot. But once again, we're not here to break news. We're just here to give our takes and opinions. So when we're right about something, it is a take and opinion. It has nothing to do with breaking news. Because that's not what we do here. Because all of our news comes from somebody else and we either say, oh, it's bullshit or hey, it's plausible or we give our thoughts and opinions on what a company should or shouldn't do or we read the room and say, hey, this may happen. The reason why we thought Cody Rhodes was a possibility to go to uh, WWE before a lot of other people was because we, and the credit to where credit's due, we read Sean Ross Sapp's thing when he first broke it in January mm-hmm. and everybody called him fucking crazy and stupid. We read that, we looked at the facts, and we went, hmm, plausible. Yes. A few weeks later, when he then goes, hey, we're at a stiff, walking away, going to take other offers. Then all of a sudden, Sean Ross Sapp didn't look so crazy, we didn't look so crazy, and a few other people didn't look so crazy. But that's because we didn't just take what Sean Ross Sapp said and go, oh, it's fact, we're going to report it. We went, okay, what is he saying? Oh, here's supporting evidence, here's supporting evidence. Okay, this is worth saying, hey, there's, it's plausible. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing you always get from this show and everybody under the brand of 607 podcast. We always give our opinions. We give it honestly. We give it with some idea of where we see things going, but we're never going to be a news site that breaks something. No, no. So the problem is, is we have too many clout chasers. And they're working as uh, Vinny Massaro. I got to throw it out there. Vinny Massaro is like, you can't just grab some local fucking podcaster who's working for a handshake and a hot dog and think you're going to be all right. And this is what is that commentary issue. And he's 100% right. Because when I offered to be booked, I didn't offer to be booked for free. Mm -hmm. So that's when somebody asked to hit me up. They're like, well, you're a podcaster. You said you'd be. And I understand you're good and we like listening to you. But why, you know, isn't that the same for you? And I'm like, no. I want to be paid for my services. Right. I'm going to bring you a professional grade talking. And if you think I can't do it without swearing, I absolutely can. I've done it without swearing. I've done. I've done fucking commentary before. It's not my first or last rodeo. And it's not just here when we do watch logs. I've done commentary for wrestling companies. Facts. So the problem is, is that you need to go out and get rid of it. And if it's, even if it's not us, once again, you don't want, that's fine. We just offered our services because we're looking to make wrestling a better place to be. Mm-hmm. But if you want to hire somebody else, hold them to that. Hold them to high standards. I mean, that's the whole thing about it. If you're going to put money into your product, getting proper announcers that are going to do a professional job is an investment. If you get somebody on there that's completely not right for the position, your product's going to sound like shit. And when people tune into your, your federation, they're going to tune right out. It's that simple. Yeah, this is definitely appalling, and it needs to go no further, but do better. Because now, 
People are watching. Mm -hmm. After this, trust me, you're not going to skate by because if somebody does something questionable, it's going to get fucking called out, as it should, Yes, and thrown into the public eye. And trust me, that company's taken a lot of beating from the public eye. That person and their podcast and everything, I think it's pretty much over because they've taken a beating. Yeah. And I know some other edgy uh, podcasts out there. Ooh, edgy. <laughs> so edgy. We like to talk a lot of shit on the internet to people, but you know what? You'd never say it to their face, so let's just, just calm down. And once again, you've heard me talk shit. I promise you, anything I've said, I would n I would say it to the person's face. I would fucking smile while doing it. And if they had a problem with it, whatever. Mm -hmm. End of the day, if you can't stand by your word and be honest, stop clout chasing. And that's what I'm saying to everybody else, man. As an independent podcaster who does pretty fucking decent... As far as, as far as listenership and everything goes, same with Ken M here. I can tell you the one thing that drives me nuts about our fellow podcasters who I will support any of you as long as you're fucking being honest. One thing is is clout chasing and cutting shit off. And that only leads, you know, what, what is your favorite saying that I love? Sheep mentality only leads to slaughter. There you go. Stop clout fucking chasing, man. Come on. Let's do better. Let's put some shit in there. Real recognizes real. People know when you're being real or fake. And all it's going to lead to is the dismantlement of something beautiful. Because right now, the independent wrestling world is set ablaze. We talk about it every week. And you can tell that there's excitement. Because I tuned into an indie show this week that we will be talking about in the middle. And a free indie show that was going on at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. There was like 3,000 people in the queue. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to throw it out there. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but for a fucking independent show, that's show a ton. That was all word of mouth? Hell yeah. We found out some of the numbers from uh, GCW that we're not going to share out loud, but uh, let's just say GCW does well on fight. And the reason why GCW is at the top of the fight list every week is because they do very well on fight.tv. Mm -hmm. If you don't believe it, go ahead and uh, ask around. It's 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 impressive to see what that independent yeah. wrestling company does. So don't tell me independent wrestling is not alive and fucking well. So let's not kill it by having shitty commentators do dumb shit on air. Enough said. Let's go on to something positive before we jump into the opening contest because I want to say something else we champion here. We champion independent wrestling. We champion independent wrestlers. And we and we pride ourselves on trying to give and help out the voice as much as we can for a lot of them. I wish we could have more people on. Maybe, hey, if you're an independent wrestler, you want to come on the show, whether live or interview and not live, let us know. Hit us up. You know, the websites are there. Either one works. Hit us up. You know, and we'll we'll be more than happy to try to, you know, get you on and do a little bit. But with that being said, a couple weeks ago, we mentioned a very talented young man from our local area who has a great story, not just in the ring, but out of the ring. And he's a great human being overall. Yes. And we are legitimate fans of this person. A thousand percent. Completely. Mm -hmm. And I mean what I said. The kid, the guy, the, you're going to see for yourself, and I hope you see for yourself in his ring ring work, but you're going to see for yourself here. He's got the look. He can wrestle. He's got, he's got the physique. This is a guy who possibly could be a star down the road if he continues on the path he's on, especially with his attitude and his work ethic. Absolutely. With that being said, on the 4-4 show, so April 4th, that would be the WrestleMania Post extravaganza. Not next week when we have the WrestleMania pre-show slash collective pre-show slash everything else going on in WrestleMania weekend. We'll call it the WrestleMania weekend extravaganza preview. And the following week will be the WrestleMania extravaganza review. We'll just call it the after party. Yeah. Oh, ooh, the pre-party after party. Yep. Ah, 
Yeah. Oh, pre-show. Pre-game. Pre-show? Well, pre-game. Yeah. Well, pre-game and the after party because the party's next weekend. I like it. I like it. Remind me of that. We're, that's what we're doing. So on the WrestleMania hangover show. Yeah. <laughs> that too. But on the, on the, the WrestleMania post-party show, we are going to have a special guest to make it even bigger. It's not even big. It's, it's, it's already big, but we're going to have a special. And I'm excited for this guest. And you might not know him now, but like I said, you'll know him in the future. You might not know him, you know, now, and you might be like, ah, why is it a big deal if I don't know him? Trust me, you're going to find out why, because he loves the pro wrestling business. He loves the hip-hop industry. He loves a lot of things, and he's got a big heart. So, ladies and gentlemen, on the 4-4 show, our post-WrestleMania show, we will be joined by none other than Super, Super B, B, Brandon Sevilla. We'll be live in studio talking all things WrestleMania Hangover. Super f- excited to get him in studio. Definitely it's be awesome. Definitely get familiar if you're not familiar. In fact, I'll even tweet out his Twitter handle so you can drop that follow now. Keep track of what he's doing. He's got a lot of things coming, and we cannot wait to get him in studio to talk some wrestling and everything else. I also want to say any promoter out there that really watches because we know we have some promoters that watch and listen to this show. He's a talent that you might want to book. I'm just going to throw it out mm-hmm. there. So when he's on, we'll get that booking information. We'll get all that stuff because I think that the, th- this is a kid who's going to take off, and he takes advantage of every opportunity. He's also one of the guys that if he book you book him on a show, he's, he's plugging your show on social medias and everything else. That's a good thing. So with that being said, though, Ken M, and I know you're busy. But we gotta get got this. Time. We I gotta get got this start. You gotta get this show officially fired up. And I know it's one of your favorite. It's time. That's right. It's time to kick off officially the opening contest for this week's six hundred seven TWS. And we are going to start by talking about all elite wrestling. And let's talk about the good first. Because this past week, on AEW Dynamite, the St. Patrick's Day Brawl or... St. Patrick's Day Bash. Thank you. I always forget what they call their shows. They, they have weird names. Or is it a slam? It's something like St. that. St. Patrick's Day Slam, it might be. Yeah, I don't I think know. so. I don't know. It's okay. I watched the show. It was decent. But the one thing that I was very excited for... Day Slam. It's Patrick's Patrick Day Slam. Okay. So the one thing I was excited for was the main event of the evening for the... AEW Women's World's Championship inside of a steel cage. Britt Baker finally with that big rematch. Well, technically they did it two weeks ago. But of course, a rematch from last year as well. Her and Thunder Rosa for the belt. And of course, at the end of the day, and new AEW Women's World Champion Thunder Rosa. Now, before we dive in the match, I gotta, I, I gotta say, I did have some negatives here. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is up with their cage? I have no idea, man. That thing. First of all, like the the door was like a foot higher than the fucking cage. Then three sides of the ring had space, like not not quite a hell in the cell space, but like a space. And then the one side had no space. I I just didn't understand. I'm not shitting on the match for it. It didn't lose points because of it. I'm just thrown off by their cage. I don't don't understand their cage. I don't understand it either. Like it just looked awkward and... Definitely was throwing me off a little bit, but once the match got going, I kind of started letting it slide a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, it's yeah. not it's not something that stopped me from enjoying all that was that match, right? Mm-hmm. However, uh, let's jump back in. Very happy Thunder Rosa. Congratulations. Finally, she deserves it, more than deserves it. 
Uh, by the way, uh, checking from Pad, R- Rollins interrupted a match between the Mysterios and Rude slash Ziggler, said it's not Mania without Rollins, said he wants a spot that'll go down in history. His mic kept cutting out, and they went to commercial. Stay tuned. Of course, we are waiting for the arrival of one Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare. Uh, okay, so with that being said, um, how did you feel about the match? The, without the cage. I just wanted to throw the obvious up. The match was good. It was not as good as their street fight from the year prior. I did not like the no-sell job from the, the tax spot that Britt did. I, I was not a fan of that. Um, but I was happy that Thunder Rosa finally got the belt. Like, it, Granted, how they booked it with her losing a revolution, getting an immediate title eliminator match, and then finally getting the match... I, I just think that's a little messy of how they got there, but I'm happy they got there. And it's about damn time she got the belt because she's one of the best on the planet, period. I agree. I agree. Um, I I enjoyed this match. I enjoyed the win. I thought it was big. There was, you know, a little bit. Uh, the, the end felt a little rushed. I think they were running out of time because yeah. they were butted right up against the time. Thankfully, they got an extra couple minutes, but uh, they, were, they were butted right up against the time. So I kind of feel bad for that but at the same time it was a good match i liked i like what they used you know they got they, they they continue the violence that has been their feud overall no problems with it yeah i mean like Quite i said nice. i'm not hating on the match but yeah like i think it was just it didn't match up to the the first one but how are you going to top that that was a match of the year candidate like this one was going to be tough to really ca- catch up with but it's still a good match well i got to give a shout out to our good friend jvd as uh he posted a question to us today mm-hmm. and it was a simple question because there's a picture now going around of Thunder Rosa, completely clean get-up, which we know that's not the case after the match, right? with the AEW Women's Championship. And AEW put it out. And, you know, he asked us, you know, he said, hey, listen, all due respect, love Thunder Rosa, love the win, but how do you feel about them releasing pictures that they obviously took before she won the belt? He said he understands kayfabe is dead, but... Is that a good look? And I think we both on both of us on Twitter said no, it's right. not a good look. And I'm not shitting on Thunder Rosa. I'm not shitting on because I'm glad I love Thunder Rosa. Yeah, let's get that fucking straight and clear. Absolutely. We all know I go fucking nuts for her. We see her in GCW a lot. GCW faithful love Thunder Rosa. She's had some great matches. That match with Tony Depp and she had just recently was fucking phenomenal. She's one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. Period. She deserves to be the world champion, mm-hmm. and she deserves even more than that. She might even deserve to be the men's TNT champion. Just throwing it out there. Oh, absolutely. She, she deserves, fuck, maybe she even deserves to be the AEW World Champion. I just throwing it out there. She's one of the best on the planet to do it. Because I've seen her wrestle plenty of men and come up looking fucking great. She mm-hmm. understands how to sell. She understands the, the fucking moveset. Thunder Rosa's great. If you're not on board with Thunder Rosa, I don't know what you're doing. But with that being said, this is not on her. This is on the company. And I agree. Here's the thing. I understand Kayfabe is dead, but there's still an illusion. We all know that she didn't win the belt with clean... Uh, face paint and, and gimmick on. She just came through a grueling match where she was bleeding and sweaty, and most of that stuff was gone. And the pictures that we got from that were beautiful. Yeah. The pictures of her holding the belt and being emotional. The pictures of her and her husband embracing, you know, because she finally is champion in her hometown. It was beautiful. And then we get these photos that AEW obviously took earlier in the day, foreshadowing her becoming champion that they released because they're like, ah, oh, you know, we need this. When they could have just saved it and just done it the next the next time, I think it's better to have the pictures of her, you know, after coming out of battle in a, an emotional battle, mm-hmm. being emotional. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I don't I, know. How about you? No, I fully agree with you. I mean, that's why I I put on Twitter as well too. I understand why they do this, and I it's part of the business, sure. But I would have much rather seen. 
after all the face paint tore, I mean, just coming out of the battle and seeing the raw emotion that was coming off her right after that match, because after she won, that crowd exploded as they rightfully should have. That's the, what the pictures you always see, because, I mean, in comparison, like with WWE, a lot of times we see the black and white photos after, mm-hmm. after they win the belts, after they go through these grueling matches. And that's what they should have done here. I understand why they did it, but I was kind of hoping, like, maybe they could hold off and do it at another time. Right. Because obviously these are going to be used for promo picks. Yeah, exactly. Let's be honest. And that's fine. Whatever. Once again, it doesn't it doesn't take enough away for me to really bitch about it. Yeah. It's just, uh, it, you're asking my preference. If you mm. ask my preference, I say no. I say that you should have just taken it because I love those candid photos. I think that that, that picture and video of her and her husband embracing and she's crying and she's emotional. I think that is what you want to see from a champion. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This is a hard mountain to climb, you know, as any performer. And I understand it's a work. I understand somebody slated for her to win. That's why, you know, we were talking about the pictures before. We already know they knew. But here's the thing. I like those emotional ones because it shows the real emotion because for a professional wrestler to be said, hey, you're good enough. And then to hear that crowd reaction, especially in your hometown, mm-hmm. but to hear that crowd reaction that recertifies the fact that you fucking deserve it for the all the hours you put in the gym, all the hours you put in the ring, all the hours and days that you're traveling away from your friends and your family and all the things that you miss and the sacrifices you make. You know, it, it was uh, Dusty Rhodes once said that first world title is the realest thing that ever happens in this business. Absolutely. Because that first world title that anybody wins is that recognition of this may be the highest I ever make it, but God damn it, everything was worth it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that's, that still rings true today. And I'm not saying Thunder Rosa obviously been NWA world champion. She's, she's, been, she's held belts in Mexico. It's not like she hasn't won belts. But the AEW title, let's be honest, is a, is a big fucking deal. It's absolutely a huge deal. And this is one of those moments like you touched upon. When you get there, you don't know how long it's going to last, and you don't know if you're going to get back there again. That's why it matters in that aspect. And for somebody that's been putting in the work like she has been doing, this is her moment to celebrate, and this is why we always say these are the moments that we remember. Agreed. Agreed. Other than that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you, and I'm just going to say it. It gets me heat. But uh, the rest of uh, St. Patty's Day Slam, except for that opening contest, kind of unmemorable. Well, the main event and the opening contest were pretty, really good. The main event opener was great. I have no comments about the Jericho Appreciation Society. I'm sorry. I am not on board with that. And yikes. I sorry. I, I, I wrote about it in the blog. You can read my thoughts there. I'm just like, I, 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 I don't know. In the main event, when we talk about Cody Rhodes, yeah. we're going to do some stuff about you know toxicity, da, 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 because it comes in. And it also would come into play here, because trust me, it's on both sides. We're not saying that. No, anybody, nobody, nobody's nobody, squeaky clean on one side. Listen, yeah. nobody's innocent, baby. No way. <laughs> But, but well, we're you know we're gonna save it there because I don't want to double down on it. But I will say this: it doesn't help when you. The one thing that is true is hashtag rent free. Mm-hmm. And one side, and I'm sorry, and this is what I've preached against for day one. I wish Tony Khan would just fucking listen. AEW would just listen. When you have Jericho coming out, and I'm a sports entertainer, somebody really needs to tell wrestling fans that a sports entertainer and a wrestler are the same thing. Yeah. And I know you guys like to separate the two, but they're the same thing. And you want to know where sports entertainer comes from? You want to know where sports entertainment comes from? I'm going to tell you where. Right now. I'll do it now because this, this fits into this. Is when Vince McMahon and World Wrestling Federation mm-hmm. was trying to get around paying taxes. So there's a long list of story in New York and New Jersey and other places. Uh, they used to tax wrestling. The same way you would tax the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball. And that is at a higher tax bracket. Yeah. Because they are technically 
uh, governmental agencies, if you will. Mm-hmm. The government plays a part. So they get a higher tax licensing. The states tax them higher. Now, you know who doesn't get taxed as high? The Harlem Globetrotters. Right. You know what they consider the Harlem Globetrotters? Sports entertainers. Yes. And back in the day, the circus and the Globetrotters and other things like the Globetrotters were already called sports entertainment. Mm-hmm. So what Vince did is he went to these places, and this is what got him a lot of heat with the kayfabe originally, because this is where the original, like the old timers say he killed kayfabe. He went to these places and said, hey, you know, we're not an athletic contest. We decide the winners in the back. This is a stage performance. So we're more akin to the Globetrotters, so we're more of a sports entertainment. Now, that doesn't mean it can't be real because Dana White would go to that playbook uh, years later and try to claim UFC was a sports entertainment. It didn't work out so well for him because they were like, well, listen, we, we watched your product. We know it's not fake. He's like, well, I never said it was fake. I never said it was predetermined. I just said we're sports entertainment. They're like, nah, 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 you're not. You're, you're a sport. <laughs> but yeah. it was kind of funny. He tried to go to that. He tried to use the Vince McMahon. But once again, Vince convinced, and it took him some time to convince New Jersey and New York in particular, yeah. that they were sports entertainment. And so from that day on, Vince started putting sports entertainment in. Even before then, if you go back, and I dare you to go back, and I don't think that they have, I don't know if they have it on the Peacock now, but on the network they used to have it. And if you go back and have old tapes like myself, and I know you do too, Mm -hmm. uh, back in the day, like WrestleMania 4-ish, WrestleMania 5, like real back, you know, before pre-1990, there would be this old, they had the old WWF logo and it would fly through the air before the show. And then it would, you would have, you know, whoever announced it, it was the, the deeper voice. I think it was Vince for a while and then they hired somebody to do it. But then it would come up and it would, the World Wrestling Fame, the World Wrestling Federation, leader in sports entertainment. Yep. And that's where it came from. So wrestling and sports entertainment share that ground it's not that vince is always like and, and then yeah vince did later on when we're making movies pal yeah and i'm not saying i'm agreeing with everything vince and wwe does because god knows that's a fucking lie you know we've I've, i have my problems i got lists mm-hmm. but to, to look at it like the rent free portion where you're trying to anger up a fan base you have chris jericho like i'm a sports entertainer yeah you always have been you know who else is sports entertainer brand Anderson. yeah john moxley cm punk everybody is because wrestling is sports entertainment Unless you're, they're doing their job badly, and if they're doing their job badly, then I guess it's just not entertaining. <laughs> you know, like, it's something then, else. It's then. just a weird, it's a weird dichotomy of words, and I get it. It's the us versus them mentality, but that is what leads to the dumb, fucking toxic nonsense. Is the us versus them mentality? Let's just focus on the company. I, I watch wrestling to be entertained. Do I like great athletic competitions? Absolutely. That's why I watch New Japan. Mm-hmm. And I watch GCW, and I watch all sorts of other independent wrestling. I got to get that NWA. You yeah. know, I watch a little bit of everything because I like the in-ring work. Mm-hmm. I, I steer away from WWE more because they do a lot more talking, and they do a lot more kind of convoluted stuff. But when they do some good in-ring stuff, I'll give them their due as well. Yeah. But that's what I'm looking for. Every fan's different, but it's kind of weird that they come out to that, especially when you have somebody like Daniel Garcia, who's a fucking phenomenal wrestler, going, oh, I'm a sports entertainer. No, you're not. You're fucking yeah it's the same thing it it just didn't work like i say like i i understand what they're trying to do but it's just not coming coming off that well like by the way it's just really inner circle 2.0 yeah like let's be honest about it (laughs) like jericho needs to have a group around him for some reason these days yeah i mean like i understand but this whole like influencer thing and like i swear they look like a 90s boy band like reuniting like just in my opinion like it just 2.0 looks like or whatever they're going by now oh my yeah like (laughs) i said the, the whole setup just was not working for me man yeah, that was pretty rough. Uh, you know what? I thought that the I, I will say this. I thought that the TNT title match was pretty good. 
but just like way too predictable of an ending. Yeah. You knew that MJF was going to come out. I kind of hate the fact that Punk didn't make the save. I thought that was a perfect op- opportunity to pay back Wardlow a little mm-hmm. bit, but he doesn't. Which, you know, you're, we're, we're solidifying Wardlow as a, as a you know, monster face now. I also like the fact that they didn't make Scorpio Sky a transitional champion. I thought that might happen That's, for a minute. Because yeah. like, I, I like Scorpio Sky as well. Uh, like I said, I, other than that, I, main event, though, is what I came for. Love to see Thunder Rosa win. Yeah, that was Love worth it. Win. So let's dive into a, another big story that's hitting the internet, and we have a lot of hot takes out there in the internet. I kind of want to get it and set it straight. So we had the big thing with Jeff Hardy. And Jeff Hardy's first match in AEW came down last weekend as well mm-hmm. against Private Party. The Hardys and Private Party, uh, it's fair to say the Hardys have seen better days. Yeah. However, I get it. They're a draw. They've been a draw for years. So what happened at the same time is we got excerpts for uh, from an interview that uh, Jeff Hardy did on the uh, Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, which is Matt's new podcast. I didn't even realize he had a podcast until then. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, he goes on to talk about like not you know feeling helpless in WWE and blah, 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 blah. Once again, I'm not discounting any of that. Good story. Whatever. If it's his truth, that's fine. The part that got a lot of traction on the internet is this part. So I'm going to read this part. It says, uh, this is, mind you, Jeff Hardy's exact words. But yeah, just that night in Edinburgh, Texas, for some reason, I finished my heat. You know, I took the heat and I just said, I'm ready to go. I went over the rail and disappeared into the crowd. Naturally, they think I took something like drugs or whatever, but I didn't. I mean, if I was that bad, I should never have gone out there is the way I see it. But yeah, I thought, man, that's just an uh, another un, an unpredictable thing that I can do and I'll get away with it. But it was more serious than that. But again, it was one of the smartest things I've ever done because everything worked out so perfectly. Mainly because my first day in AEW, I felt valuable for the first time. Just, you know, the care and love that I was shown. I felt like I was where I was supposed to be. I just got chills thinking about that. In WWE, I just felt like they were just going to keep me there to sell more action figures. That's one more of the things they put so much love and joy into painting my face. Yeah. So, I just want to throw it out there. A lot of the heat came that says that Jeff Hardy was unprofessional. Before I jump into that, I will say this. Uh, (laughs) I'm not so sure that uh, I blame WWE or whoever for thinking he was on drugs. Because that's kind of weird to see a performer work and then go, fuck this, I'm jumping the rail. Mm -hmm. Just saying. I don't know. All right, so. With that being said, let's talk about the unprofessionalism because that's what's buzzing around. He was unprofessional. He wasn't unprofessional. And I'm going to settle the story right here. Ready for it? Jeff Hardy was unprofessional. Yeah. And here's why. Even if you're unhappy with the way your stuff is, you signed a contract. That's an agreement between you and an employer, whether it's World Wrestling Entertainment, AEW, or just a regular fucking employer that you work for. You have an agreement with them to fulfill your duties to said employer. If you're not working with a contract, that's a whole other story. Yeah, that's... But he's working with a contract. Mm -hmm. Here's the other part that really bothers me, and this is the real unprofessional, because fuck WWE as a company. Fuck all of that. But think about it. There's people in that crowd that paid to see you wrestle. There's people the next night that paid to see you wrestle. There's probably people the week after that paid to see you wrestle, because you were advertised. And you just fucked them out of your money and seeing you wrestle. That's unprofessional. That's the definition of unprofessional. Am I wrong, or how do you feel? No, I agree with you. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. You signed a contract. You are supposed to fulfill your obligations. If you're unhappy with it, then they need to take it up with your boss and go from there. 
But to do it mid-match in front of a crowd that people did pay money to see you go is a very bad look, in my opinion. I mean, I, I, I don't see how you can spin it any other way. Like, sure, if you're unhappy, that's one thing. I completely get that. But time and place is a whole different ball game right there. Doing it during a house show mid-match is not acceptable. I'm sorry. Like, if you if you had an issue, like you finished the match and just you know went home after that, and then go from there, that's a completely different ball game. But to do it mid match, that's where the issue is. And like you touched upon, WWE was doing what they thought was right as their employer, and obviously they felt a certain way about it. So I, I can't see any fault with what they were doing. Correct. So now we get into like the murky shit on the internet that I want to address because it's logic. So what you see is a lot of people on one side bashing him which once again is it unprofessional yes does that make him a piece of shit no no it's just unprofessional Mm -hmm. act like people you know haven't done unprofessional things i'm sure everybody has right yeah so but it still should be called out that that was unprofessional but the other end of the spectrum the people mostly I'm, i'm assuming AEW fans because obviously they would defend their company and their guy their argument of well you can't be mad about that. This is the company that continued to show after Owen Hart died. This is the company that laid off 200 people during the pandemic, which is a lie. It wasn't 200, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is a company who's done X, Y, Z. Here's my problem, guys. And this is the this goes across the board. So if you're a WWE fan who bitches about AEW and something they do, or you're an AEW fan, you bitch about something that WWE does, or, or wherever, if you're just a fucking troll, whatever, which there's no help for you. You're just there to fucking watch the world burn. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. Just because of this, just because of what happened X does not affect what happened Y. WWE can be at fault, and you can be like, oh, they're insensitive because they continue to show that Owen Hart passed away on. Mm -hmm. Which, mind you, was almost 20 years, almost 30 years ago. Shit, I'm getting old. It's 1998? Yeah, 98. Yeah. 98 or 99, so I'm getting fucking old is all I'm saying. So here's the thing. Yeah, that was wrong. I agree. But that's not the same. Some Jeff Hardy can be unprofessional and WWE can be scumbags. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they're they're exclude they're not they're not similar. They're, they're exclusive to one another. Yeah, they're different instances. You know, if how you feel about WWE releasing people during the pandemic? Yeah, you could say that that was a scumbag move and they're insensitive and they're assholes while recording you know profits and they did it all for the money. But at the same time, that still means Jeff Hardy's fucking unprofessional. Yeah. Guys, it doesn't, like, what somebody does doesn't erase what somebody else does. Mm-hmm. Like, bottom line, it just does, that's not how it works. Like, and here's how I can explain it to you in a legal form. If somebody kills your brother and then you go kill them, you might not get charged with murder, but you're going to get charged with manslaughter mm-hmm. because you killed somebody. But I was justified because this guy was a piece of shit for killing my brother. You're right. But also, you are le- you're guilty of an illegal crime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is that is there any other better fucking... No matter what, it's not mutually exclusive to what they did. It's not like, okay, since they did this and this happened, they, they, they crossed themselves out. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, there's no canceling of each other out about this. That this is an this is a separate incident, and it's not giving WWE you know a pass for their past discretions no. by any by any stretch of We've the imagination. We've called them out for fucking years. Yeah, 
So it's, it's like I say, this is an isolated incident, but it, like I say, it doesn't wash away all the bad shit that WWE has done over the years. Not not even close. It's it's, it's not tip for tat here. Yeah. It literally is. WWE is a scumbag operation because they've done <laughs> scumbag stuff, and I have no problem saying that. Right, right. And, and, and in this instance, Jeff Hardy is unprofessional. Yeah. That's just how it works. And, you know, some people are like, well, maybe Mustafa Ali should do it. Well, there's it's probably reasons like Jeff Hardy why Mustafa Ali doesn't get a chance to do that. Mm-hmm. And once again, I've said it before. Do I side with Mustafa Ali? Yeah, you could ask for your release. Sure. Same thing we talk about. We're going to talk about on the ODPH tomorrow. We're going to talk about football. You can ask for your release, Baker Mayfield. But if I hold your contract and I'm the Cleveland Browns, I can say, fuck you, you're playing. Yeah. Or you're sitting the bench. It's it don't matter. I own your contract. The same thing that happens with Mustafa Ali. He can ask for his release, but if World Wrestling Entertainment's like, yep, yeah, no, I don't want to grant it to you. You got another year on that contract. Then I guess you sit there for another year or whatever it is, mm-hmm. because your name is on the dotted line. That's the deal you signed. Be, be, professional. And I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I think Mustafa Ali is actually acting more professional than most. Yeah, he says his shit. He talks whatever, but. He ain't doing something stupid to get himself fired. No, he's definitely not. At least he's riding it out. I mean, I saw I mean, he was getting better about riding it out because I saw this week he put something up as like, hey, for all you internet marks out there, just know I'm going to make your fucking favorite wrestlers look real bad when my contract's up. That's the attitude you should have. Mm-hmm. So you know what? It is what it is. And am I saying they should free him? Yes, free Ali, okay? Yeah. But at the same point in juncture, got to be professional about it. And I, I, and I applaud him on that. You can say that you're mad. You can say that you have grievances. But... The difference between saying you're mad and saying you have grievances and just walking out mid-match is the difference between being professional and unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. But once again, it doesn't. the argument that because WWE did X, Y, and Z means that we shouldn't worry about this is stupid. It's both. And once again, that doesn't change my opinion on Jeff Hardy as a person. I'm not saying that Jeff Hardy is a bad person or that AEW got fucked or whatever, whatever. I'm just saying in this particular instance, he was unprofessional. Just like WWE is a scumbag organization yeah. for the things that they do. Okay? So it's it's the same. It's not exclusive. And I will put it out there, though. I will say this. If I'm AEW, though, I've signed a guy who did an unprofessional thing to get out of the contract. What's going to stop him from doing that to me? And that is my problem with all elite wrestling is there's a lot of these guys that go there and they have an axe to grind. And then they turn around and when they leave, a la what we'll talk about in the main event. What do you think is going to happen with that axe? And we'll we'll divulge in that more in the main event. Sure. With that being said, update from Padawan Jay. I know it went down a little bit ago, but I wasn't going to stop the the role we were on. Rollins was backstage with Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce, still demanding a spot at WrestleMania. Sonya says Rollins blew his chance last week, losing to Owens. Pearce says, let me take a look. Maybe there is something we can do. Dot, dot, dot. Once again, we all know it's penciled in for him and uh, Cody. That doesn't mean it's going to happen, but it's penciled in. Yeah. All right. With that being said, though, we are going to take our first break of the show. You are going to see the information if you're watching on stream for the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. And uh, you're going to hear the song uh, by our good friends, Shout at the Robots, called Fail Better. Uh, that is also the theme for the Three Fat Nerds podcast, but it's uh, one that I have loaded up right now. So that's what we're going to do. Oh, it's a great song. Oh, oh, absolutely. And you can check those guys out on Bandcamp, Spotify, or YouTube Music, or any else, where else you get great music, especially the independent variety. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we come back, we are going to run down and give our opinions on the first cir- Circle 6 event called Skewered, the JCW March Madness event. This went down this past weekend. 
the NWA Crockett Cup 2022 that went down this past weekend. And, of course, we're also going to give a quick preview of GCW's One Night Only coming up this Thursday night. We'll be right back with all that after this break. of this week's episode of 607-TWS. And, of course, let's kick it off with some independent wrestling uh, this past weekend. We did check out some shows. Yes, we did. And uh, we have a few, I mean, I would consider NWA still independent, so we have a few independent wrestling shows that we wanted to give you kind of highlights and go over. Uh, we're going to start doing it a little different around here. Instead of going match by match, I'm going to give you the results of the thing, and then we're going to break it down. But the first thing we're going to break down is something that has been long awaited for the past month and a half. Mm-hmm. And that was the first outing for Circle Six Wrestling. Of course, that is the company that Atticus Kogar has sided with and gone to. We've talked about that ad nauseum. And their first event, Skewered, came up this past Saturday from Los Angeles, California at the 1720 Warehouse. And we'll talk about the event as a whole in a minute, but let me give you the rundown of what happened, all right? Let's do it. The opening contest in the first match for Circle Six Wrestling was the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, defeating Ricky Shane Page. Then we had a nice uh, singles match. Tyler Bateman defeated Otis Kogar by disqualification. That's right, disqualification. As I pointed out on Twitter, Circle Six has rules. And they took no time showing us that there's rules, unless otherwise stated. So if it's a no disqualification match, there's no disqualifications. If there's, you know, whatever match, you know, it's on that. But this was a regular match, and Otis Kogar tried to stab Tyler Bateman not once but twice with scissors. Mm -hmm. So the referee DQ'd him. I applaud them for following the rules if they're going to have them. Also, Otis Koger, please, in the future, hide your weapon better. <laughs> uh, next up, the conglomerate finally gets the win over 4-4-0. Getting a little bit of revenge there after losing two matches to them. Then we had a surprise uh, ch- open challenge as Viva Van defeated Juicy Fenois. Jake Chris defeated uh, the young Robert Martyr. Brody King defeated oh. Biff Busick and probably the hardest hitting fight of the night. Yes. Uh, next up, there was an intermission. After intermission, West Coast Pro Wrestling Heavyweight title was on the line in a no disqualification match. Jacob Fatu retained the West Coast Pro title by defeating Schlack. Uh, next up, we had a Taipei death match where Bobby Beverly defeated Vinny Massaro. Oh, wow. And in the main event of the evening, in a glass death match, Masada defeated Atticus Koger 
So let's start with uh, the event. Uh, let's let's first start off with some problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so first things first, this event was supposed to start at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time, correct? Correct. And we all turned over to Twitch because it was on twitch.tv slash circle six underscore CO. Mm-hmm. We all turned over. We're all excited. There was a bunch of people on the internet ready to see the first outing from Circle Six. What are they bringing to the table? And there was nothing. And then there was nothing. About 15 minutes after the show was supposed to start, a fan who was there mm-hmm. sent a message saying, hey, there's a line still around the building. Guys, calm down the internet because they were taking a beating on the internet. Right. About three minutes or four minutes after that, and I'd put a post out after that as well, Circle Six... Then finally makes the statement, hey, we're starting at 11.10 p.m. EST, 8.10 Pacific time, because there's a line around the building still. For w- the first thing I have to say is, why didn't they open the doors an hour before the show? Yeah, that was like, a little puzzling. It's pretty standard for most companies. Mm-hmm. So whatever, it is what it is. But it already pushed a late show back on the East Coast even further. And I think this caused them to lose some viewers. And the reason why is because there was a lot of buzz. There was a lot of hype coming into it. And then even when they started, there was a little over 2,000. It got up to like almost 3,000 on Twitch because you can see. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started off with no commentating, which I thought was just what they were going to do. Because let's be honest, they had this beautiful, gigantic screen on the set. They had the lights were cool. Everything was pretty cool in, in, in the world. I thought it was cool. Yeah, the set looked amazing. I got to give them credit for that. The Videotron that they had going, that looked dope. And just how the lighting was set up, like this really looked like a, a like an upscale indie promotion, which would, this is a great first impression when we finally got there. But note what I said, finally got there. Like they weren't ready to start on time for whatever reason. And then when they finally got going, a lot of people were tuning out, which is sad. Oh, I agree. So what happens is during the uh, opening contest, the sound goes completely out, which is fine. They're still tuning in things. I, I wish they would have ran a test. Because that would have solved a lot of the problems. Because what happened was, in the chat, they were explaining that there was supposed to be commentators, but every time they put the commentators on, it would crash. Yeah. So they're trying to figure it out. We finally got we got the sound back just in time for the end of the match. And then, in the next match, finally the commentating kicked in at some time. But the following match, the third match of the evening, the stream just shuts down. Like, they have stream problems. doesn't come back up. It's down for easily 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Easy 15 and then after all of this, it comes back up. It's a little choppy, but it starts to get better. And then all of a sudden, we have an intermission still. For some reason, they decided that we needed a 25-minute, which became a 30-minute intermission. And I understand that's a good time for wrestlers to make money and stuff. That's fine. But when you already started the show 40 minutes late, when you've already had all these problems and you have people you know that are watching, not just in L.A., but on the East Coast, and obviously there was a reason why you wanted to give it out for free and get interest in the company, mm-hmm. I think you did a great disservice to yourself because a lot of people tuned out. I can tell you I didn't make it to the end of the night. I didn't make it to the end. In fact, I just didn't find out about the Beverly win until you mentioned it right now. So you got my my. I made it to reaction. the Taipei death match and I didn't make it to the finish. And then I couldn't go any longer. It was one forty in the morning, Eastern Standard Time, when that happened. Yeah, it's just it was too late for uh, on the East Coast, which I mean, I understand this happens with the West Coast show, and we could watch it the next day when they're offering the replay. But still, when you're trying to get people to tune into your product for the first time, it's that first impression, and a lot of eyes were on them, and that's the whole thing about this. For doing the intermission, which I thought was very odd, especially they had two death matches coming after intermission. 
I figured they would do one before and then take that time to clean the ring. And then by the time that that's done, you still have the one more to close the show. It just seemed like the structure of it was a little off. And I think that it did a little disservice to him, but it took nothing away from the in-ring product that we had because there were great matches. But those are hiccups that could have been could have been fixed before they went on air. I agree. I agree. There was uh, some issues. And the in-ring stuff was very good. I'm yeah. not, I don't want to shit on the show. That's not my intent. That's not my intention. I'm just saying for your first outing and just show the world what you showed the world, you know, trying to show the world, it didn't go out so well. So I I want to say that after the match between Masada and Atticus, Atticus put out a thing. He shook Masada's hand, which shouldn't sound like a big deal, but we're going to talk about it in a second. Mm-hmm. More importantly, I'm going to play the clip here. This is what Atticus Koger said to the crowd following the Circle Six show. I don't know if it was on stream or not because I was asleep. But this is what he said to the crowd. Ready for it. Let's do it. I've seen a hundred Circle Sixes come and go. They said it'll never last. And I left what could have been the best match of my career because this is what independent wrestling is all about. So you're either with us or you get walked the fuck over. Lot to unpackage there, but uh, the reason why I have a problem, and once again, I'm a big Atticus Coger fan. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people. Oh yeah, know absolutely. That. I'm too. But here's the problem: coming out of the whole drama between him and his exit from GCW, he did an interview with Gregory Iron, mm-hmm. and you can go listen to this interview to make sure double check me. It's on Gregory's And if anybody, podcast. and every, if if anybody at Circle Six sees this or hears this because I know they pay attention yeah. and wants to talk about it, we can talk about it because I really, this is my problem and I don't think enough people are going to call you out because you're going to either have the people who are hating on you because of GCW or you're going to have the people who are just loving and kissing your ass. That, that's really what's going to happen because that's how it, it, wrestling breaks down into tribes for some reason and I'm neither. Mm-hmm. I love GCW but I also am entertained by other independent wrestling promotions. It's not like I'm just like, oh, GCW's it and fuck that. Yes, I love GCW but I also love 440. Yeah. I also like Atticus Coger. This is not taking away anything that, uh, about me liking him. I just want to make this statement. On that interview with Gregory Iron, he said, and I quote, uh, paraphrasing, sorry, I should say, because I don't have the quote in front of me, but he said that he hated the corny shit of handshakes after wrestling matches and that he could never see himself doing that because that's not his character. That's not the character he's built. That's not who he is as, as the Atticus Kogar character. But yeah, he shook fucking Masada's hand at the end of the match. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Also, instead of being the normal heel that 440 or he is, he's coming off at the end cutting the Nick Gage promo. 
pretty mm-hmm. much. Not trying to compare it to GCW, but this is what Nick Gage does at every GCW event. And I get it. Other people do it too. WWE for the longest time would bring somebody out to do that shit. You know, AEW does that. We've seen it because uh, they, they've CM Punk has closed mm-hmm. the show and, and everything. And I'm not saying that it doesn't happen in wrestling. And I'm not saying I'm against it. But once again, it goes back to him talking about his character in an interview that just went down a few weeks ago. Yeah, in Gregory's podcast. But the most damning thing and the thing that pissed me off the most as a fan, as a fan of Atticus, as a fan of this, is he sat on that podcast and he said that Circle Six wasn't going to be about drama and that they weren't going to make you choose whether you were Circle Six or GCW. That's on Brett. And he took the side swipe that we brought up when we talked about it. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, what's the first thing you do with that microphone? Rent free. I've seen Rent a million. Free, I've seen I've seen a hundred circle sixes come and go yep. saying the, the the quote that kicked off Hammerstein, I've seen a million GCWs come and go. Yep. Said the exact line for that reason. And here we are thriving, which you had a lot of problems on your fucking stream, kid. I just want to throw that out there that you should really address. Maybe you should give up the 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 digital for free if you want people to see it. Just throwing it out there. Here's the thing. They were all shots, and then you're either with us or you're gonna get walked the fuck over. So is that not choosing sides? Like, this is what I hate about this. The hypocriticalness, and he, I never thought he was that guy. And I never thought, I, I wanted to believe that they were going for no drama. I wanted to go that they were hypocrites, not hypocrites. And Brett, Brett, kind of one of the things when he was throwing shade with his defense, which I said it was a valid defense, he felt attacked, as he was. Mm-hmm. And he answered some questions. But remember, he said that you surrounded yourself with hypocrites. Now it looks like you are one. I'm sorry. That's just the perspective of I have. And that's coming from a fan of yours. That's coming from a guy who will probably order your Circle Six show. That's coming from a fan of a lot of different things. Also, I want to point out, they're going to Cleveland where AIW runs. AIW has problems with everybody in 440. That's why they've never worked there, which I honestly, I blame John Thorne for that, whether he likes it or not. That's irrelevant. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, you know, his problems with Ricky Shane Page are pretty much that Ricky Shane Page went and booked for CZW when CZW was the hottest thing on the planet. And his problems with Atticus are probably because he's attached to him and his problems with everybody else in 440. And that's why they're not in AAW. I could be wrong. If he wants to, you know, tell me I'm wrong, let me know and I'll definitely give you that rebuttal time. I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that. I'm just giving you my opinion. But this is definitely a shot at that, which I'm fine with. That is what it is. That's more fucking close to the vest because Cleveland. I just think that it's weird that you did an interview where you said you weren't going to do these things, and then you were also called out to be around hypocrites, and then you'd do a hypocritical thing. I don't know. Am I wrong? Am I reading too much into this? Once again, it doesn't stop me from being a fan of Circle Six. It does not stop me from being a fan of Atticus Coger or 440. I just think that we were sold a, a, a shitty bill of goods on a podcast. I agree with you. I mean, like I said, I'm a big fan of Atticus. I I think he's the best heel in the business right now. I've gone on record and said this a lot of times on Twitter. I did not like how this ended the show because obviously when you take the shot at GCW and like you, like you touched upon, there's going to be no drama. Like that's the only thing we kept hearing about this, about mm-hmm. the comparisons. And this was a rent-free moment. And I hated that they ended the show like this. I understand that emotions were running high and that he and everybody that was behind Circle Six wanted to make a statement that this wasn't going to be GCW. But the fact that you you did that, you know what it, it was going to resonate. Like, sure, it was going to cause a buzz. I get that. But for somebody that was trying to be the new alternative, 
to mention even copying that promo at the beginning, it just didn't make sense. And like, and I understand the, the the rally cry at the end of either with us or you get walked over. I didn't have as much of a problem with that because what he was, what I felt what he was trying to do was rally like, okay, circle six, get on board now. Or cause you know, we're going to be taken off. Like he tried to use that more of a rally cry than anything. So I, I didn't have that much of a problem with it, but I do see your point. Though. Well, my problem is when you couple it with the other, it right. kind of yeah. seems the other Oh, way. yeah, you know, I, 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 I see your point. No, I mean, I, once again, I agree. Maybe it was that way, but I'm just saying when you couple it with the other things going on, you're kind of like, oh. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I completely see your point. And like I said, I didn't take it that way, but I see your point. Right, right. And But that's the whole thing. But when you open like that, it's like, why? You had a great in-ring show that a lot of people have been talking about that were there. And everybody's been praising the in-ring work. That is the, the, what should be the takeaway from this. Not how you started late, the production issues, and then you end the show with that promo. And I understand you're emotional, and you, this was a big moment for you. I'm not hating about that, and I want to make sure that's coming off right. But I didn't like how it came out. That's the problem. Because it should have been, what a show. This is what we're bringing. If you're with Circle Six, get on board now. We're taking this back to Cleveland. Okay, get that. But to even do the subtle you know, jabs at, G, at GCW, they were noticeable. And it's like, why? I like I, I can get you want to improve a point, but you should let the point be in the ring. To even bring them up in that style of promo, guess what? You threw attention back on them. That's a mistake. Agreed. And here's the other thing. If I'm gonna, I, I, I'm. If anything here, and I know you are, and I am, we're very consistent. And the fact that I don't like AEW doing the rent free shit mm-hmm. because I think it cheapens it and it does. It takes the focus off of what you're doing good and off of you and puts it right back on your competitor. Is the same reason I don't like this. I mean, once again, it did sound hypocritical to me. Yeah. A because of of statements made that on a podcast I listened to. Actually, I listen to both sides. But also, it, it was like, hey, like you said, yeah, there were some stream problems. Fine. But the card itself was good. The wrestling matches were good. The crowd there live had a great time. They, they did read nothing about it. As far as I'm concerned, yeah, I was pissed off that I had to stay up later. And they started late and they had problems. But you know what? At the end of the day, that Christopher Daniels versus Ricky Shane Page match, oh, fucking, great. it got me right out of complaining. Mm-hmm. Like, I was pissed off that we were starting. But guess what? That match started and it delivered like it's supposed to. And then going forward, every match after that, oh, my God. Yeah. Until it cut down a little bit, and even then I wasn't mad. I was more mad because I'm like, get this back on. I want to see more. I want to see more. And and that was the problem. you know. Th- so that should tell you I was a fan of what's going on. You know, yeah, fucking damn the other things, but I was a fan of what's going on. But then to end it, and I saw this the next day, and I'm just like, man, boy, fucking take you take ten steps forward to take five steps back, yeah, no. and it's just not it's just not worth it because here's the thing, everybody knows the fucking story, and GCW is is in and we talk about WWE, but right now in the independent wrestling world, barring something tra- you know catastrophic happening, let's be honest, GCW is a machine that's got so much momentum that it's going to keep trudging forward. Mm-hmm. Okay, barring something because it could happen, but barring something, and, and I and I agree, with, I love GCW. I'm a big fucking fan. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've gone to see a live board. I've gone to see any other live wrestling, and I have to travel for it. It's not like they come to Binghamton, New York. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I've been to Atlantic City a bunch of times. I've been to New York City. I was at the Hammerstein. That's how committed. But the problem just lies, and it's it's like, come on, man. Don't stoop to the levels, because once again, like you said, 
And I've said too, you take ten steps forward, you take five steps back. Let's let's go. Let's 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 just focus on the wrestling. If their next event is in Cleveland, which that's what it sounds like he's saying. That's that's the way I took it, but it hasn't. That's fine. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, hopefully they have a fight deal worked out or with somebody else so we can we can have this in peace because they got banned from Twitch. (laughs) Because who knew that Twitch was against deathmatch wrestling? I (laughs) I could have told them that. Like yeah. They obviously, you know, whatever. And I thought it was funny because I saw the best comment that I saw about it was like, hey, I'm enjoying the show. But for those of you who are surprised that they're having technical difficulties, and for those who were surprised they got banned from Twitch, this is a company who didn't also trademark their name. So, like, it's not like they're doing business, uh, you know, the right way. So it is what it is. So trademark your name before somebody else does because somebody might have already done that. And also on top of that, let's 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 get on to fight or somewhere that can stream your shit. IWTV fight. There's plenty of homes. Yeah, trust the word of mouth from the card will will have the fans tuning in. I understand for the first event you can't really get on IWTV oh, yeah, I, I right away or whatever like that. But now we have some time. We don't know when they're going to be. Maybe next month, the month after. But there's no date announced yet. Let's book down a fucking place to be. Mm-hmm. See if IWTV will offer you enough. If not, go on fight. Do what you got to do. Yeah. All right. Let's get past that. Let's talk about an event that went down on Sunday that was absolutely completely yes. 100% free on the Game Changer Wrestling YouTube channel because JCW Jersey Championship Wrestling was back from Ridgefield Park, New Jersey at the Ridgefield Park Knights of Columbus. It's one of those hallowed halls of wrestling mm-hmm. in the Northeast wrestling scene for JCW March Madness. And on paper and in... And uh, we're just, uh, I mean, I'm going to go through and we're going to get the whole card, but I'm going to give you the results. But on paper, this is a fucking great content, great event. Guess what? In practice, it was a great event, too. Yes. All right. Ready for it? Yeah, let's talk about let this. Me, let me just run down the card and then we'll go through and talk about what we want to talk about. The opening contest was a tag team match. Young, dumb, and broke. Charlie Tiger and Alice Taylor defeated uh, East Coast legends Arcadia and Too Hot Steve Scott. Uh, next up was a singles match. Edith Surreal defeated Shotsa McKenzie. Uh, next up, we had a singles match, and we had a replacement in this match because originally we were supposed to have Matt Mikowski versus Cole Radrick. Matt Mikowski could not make the show, so instead, Cole Radrick defeated Steve Macklin. Yes, that's right. Mr. Perazzo, as the crap pointed out, in a one-on-one match. Big victory, by the way, for Cole Radrick, who's picking up some of those. The ratty daddy is on the up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the man that I... I the Prize City OG, Alec Price, making more waves than it could have defeated Yoya. Well, I want to talk about that match later. We'll come back to it. <laughs> yes. We had the Battle of the Goons as Bam Sullivan defeated Slade by DQ. I want to come back to this match. <laughs> uh, also, Marcus Mathers defeated Azriel, Big Vin, Brandon Kirk, Declan Grant, and Dylan McKay in a six-way scramble match. I want to talk about this match. I want to talk about all of it, pretty much. Uh, Grim Reefer defeated Charles Mason with a little help from the Dark Sheik. Mm -hmm. And in the main event, the champ champ, the virtuosa, Deanna Parazzo defeated the young gun, Billy Starks, in a tremendous main event. Uh, You can go back and watch this for free on the Game Changer Wrestling YouTube channel anytime you would like if you didn't see it. But uh, uh, let me tell you. I was impressed with this top to bottom. Uh, Cole Rander got a big win over Steve Macklin. That is a big win. But let's talk about Alec Price and Yoya. <laughs> By the way, every match on this card hit. Yes. Like this was a top to bottom. Every match was good. I enjoyed all the matches. Even if you don't know the players, trust me, you should check it out. It's a great wrestling competition. Alec Price, though, is somebody that people need to get familiar with. Mm-hmm. He's been wrestling for beyond in the Massachusetts area. He's now coming down, working Game Changer Wrestling and JCW. 
Yo, yeah, man. He's 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 a kid that's up there trying to be up and coming. He does a great job in the ring. We love us some Yo, yeah. But woo, Alec Price fucking murdered Yo, yeah, like five times in this match. Yeah, he, I, I thought he was dead. I legit thought he was. By the way, a buckle bomb to yes. the bottom buckle. That was one of the most insane moves I think I've ever seen. And Yo, yeah, it wasn't sold an accident. It. it wasn't an accident. No, no. It was purposely done. It was fucking phenomenal. But Yo, yeah, sold that the hell out of that. Thing. How about that burning hammer? Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, Alec Price comes up with some great, great, great shit. Yes. And we found out, speaking of bringing him up, of course, during the collective, we got JCW versus LA fights. Alec Price is gonna be representing JCW, and it got announced on uh Sunday against LA Fights Jack Cartwheel. That's... Jack Cartwheel versus Alec Price. That's gonna be a banger. That's gonna be a phenomenal match. Let's talk about uh the goons erupting. <laughs> By the way, Bam Sullivan, man, it was weird to see Bam Sullivan getting cheered. Yeah, I, I that threw me for a loop at first, and but then, it was awesome. Yeah, you know, yeah. Once I got rolling, I was like, okay, here we go. Two badass motherfuckers beating the shit out of each other. You can't pet that. But let's talk about the end of the match. Slade destroyed wrestling fans. <laughs> Slade killed somebody with a trash can, and yeah. a fan of the crowd. Now I'm I'm hoping and praying that it was a plant, but with Slade, you never know. <laughs> But there was about three wrestling fans, hopefully plants, that got their shit pushed in by Slade. Yeah. Including one with a trash can. This is a wild scene. <laughs> well, multiple trash cans. Yeah. He got the metal one, then he also got the rubber one. Holy shit. But at the end of this match, important, Bam Sullivan says this shit ain't over. And as a matter of fact, he's got a place that he wants to fight him. If you want to fight, with, you know, you want to break the rules, you want to come to get a DQ in a, in a regular wrestling match, that's fine. Because Bam Sullivan... Uh, uh, Bam Sullivan challenged, and it was accepted. So it will be Bam Sullivan versus Slade at Planet Death during the uh, collective. So I'm assuming it will be a death match. Oh, that's going to be absolutely brutal as all hell, and I'm here for it. Next up in a row, we did have the six-way scramble match. Very good stuff. If you've never seen Marcus Mathers, get on board. Big Vin was awesome in this match. Although uh, it looks like Big Vin uh, might have broken Brandon Kirk's nose, according to Brandon Kirk on the internet. He took a bad <laughs> shot there. So, yeah, it's, it's 50-50 if it's not broken. I know. It was, a lot of people in this match were great. And, you know, even the, the legend that is Azriel in this match was amazing. Mm. At the end, though, Marcus Mathers got on the microphone because at the collective, JCW versus LA fights, it's going to be the two young prodigies going one-on-one. Marcus Mathers representing JCW. Young Nick Wayne representing LA Fights. That could possibly be the match that steals the show at JCW versus LA Fights during the collective. I'm excited for it, but he's got work out in common down when he's when he's talking on the mic. Woo! He Man, was he was he a was, little he, he was he he was like you. They call you the young prodigy. He was he was he was losing it because he was he was up. You could see the passion. Yeah, he I know that's what I was just saying. Like he just needed to take a breath because he was really amped up about it. Which was like I know it was kind of stumbling a little bit, but my God, that match. If you're not on board with Marcus Mathers too. You need to get familiar. One of the most innovative wrestlers in all of pro wrestling, and he's he's a young kid. He's like 18 years old. Yeah, like just a future is so bright for him, and just what he's going to do with Nick Wayne. I can't wait to see this match. That's going to be a great match for the collective. Uh, next up, when the Grim Reefer defending or defeating Charles Mason. Of course, Charles Mason started some shit with Dark Sheik. We know that Dark Sheik versus Charles Mason will go down at JCW versus LA Fights, although JCW does not want to claim Charles Mason ever yeah. uh but uh good way to set up with for that and of course it's always great, good to see reefer in the ring yes absolutely and last but certainly not least let's talk about this main event because we got to give this its due the champ champ diana Parazzo coming in and taking on another one of those young protégés 17 years old billy starks billy starks 
is impressive all the time, but in this match where you're going to get the high profile, man, she stepped up and grabbed the fucking brass ring. You want to talk about a star on the rise. Billy Starks definitely rose to the occasion for this match. Deanna Perrazzo, arguably one of the best in the world. No question about that. I do love the back and forth, though, with Steve Mack. Steve Macklin, too. We got to give a quick shout-out to him because that crowd was on him from bell to bell. Did not phase at all. He had a great match with Cole Radrick, and Deanna Perrazzo was playing right into that, too, during her match. I'd love to see them come back and especially do some work in GCW. But this match, Wow. Impressive work by everybody. Definitely go check this out if you haven't seen it already on YouTube. You definitely want to do yourself a favor and catch it. Dude, I, I love all of this. Uh, there's not, there's nothing I don't love about what happened. And if I, I'm just saying, go see it. Yeah. Go fucking Solid from see top it. to bottom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk real quick about what's going on this upcoming Thursday night. Mm. That's right. I didn't make a mistake. Thursday night. So Thursday night, Game Changer Wrestling returns for its only show before The Collective, which goes down the following week. WrestleMania weekend, we'll be breaking it down next week. Already talked about that. But it is coming up this upcoming Thursday, 8 p.m. Pacific time, 11 p.m. Eastern time. I'll be watching the next day, so it's for yeah. live tweets. Sorry, guys. It is a work night, so staying <laughs> up till uh, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning to watch GCW, although I would love to do it, just can't happen. Uh, But they are coming to us from the legendary Roxy Theater in Los Angeles, California for one night only. And there's only two matches that have been announced for this card. But I can tell you who else is showing up. Uh, So earlier uh, earlier in the week, we found out Blake Christian will be going one-on-one with Sandra Moon at this event. Okay. And now, just added tonight, Matthew Justice. Oh, no, sorry. That's not a match. Sorry, they just said and. So they added more people tonight. Sorry, they didn't add a match. I take it back. So Sandra Moon and Christian Blake are the two ma- the one match that's been announced. But announced for the show is uh, Kevin Blackwood, Nick Wayne, Jack Cartwheel, uh, Effie, Ninja fucking Mac, which, uh, by the way, Ninja Mac, uh, following us here on Twitch. Thank you so much, Ninja Mac. Thank man. you, man. Super supportive. Awesome dude, man. Uh, Ninja Mac, Alley Catch. And then just announced today, Matt Justice and the Dark Sheik. Ooh. So the card is looking like a mystery card. They haven't missed any yeah, it, it, They're doing the mystery card. No, mind you, I don't mind mystery card style. I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah, Sometimes mystery vortex style did, like yeah, P- do, yeah. PWG did. So I don't mind this at all. I'm I'm with it. Some big names on this and more to be added soon. So don't don't get that don't get it twisted. Well, the brand speaks for itself. You know GCW has been on fire ever since World on GCW. They're putting on absolute must-watch cards. So if they want to do a mystery card for this, and especially this is going to be the last one before the collective, I'm here for it. I missed over one. Joey Joey Janela will be in attendance as well. Okay. Who uh, We should have brought that up in uh, AEW news. He has announced that he will not be resigning with the All Elite Wrestling. Yes, this did get released. Very, very, uh, yeah, his, uh, his he, very scathing. Yes. Very scathing. You look on the internet for it, but let's just say he didn't appreciate the fact that they were not in communication with him at all. And so he said, even if they offered him a deal, which he didn't think they were, he wouldn't sign it. He also didn't like the way they treated Marco stunt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I caught that. A lot of drama going on there. We just didn't bring it up, but it is out in the world. So why the hell not? Now, are you ready to talk about, and I got to be honest, I did not get to watch the Crockett cup. Yeah, but let's talk about it. No, no, I I didn't get a chance to really catch up. I did catch the headlines, though. Well, yeah, I caught all the headlines. I caught the highlights. Unfortunately, 
honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. I watched the JCW show and I tried to watch all of Circle Six without it cutting out, but it did. Uh, I wasn't planning on watching a lot of wrestling this weekend because, and even this upcoming weekend, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'll be watching G- GCW with Ken. We're going to watch it on Friday after we're both out of work mm-hmm. just so we can watch it because we're big GCW fans. That's the only wrestling I'm going to watch this upcoming weekend. Even though I know there's other shows going on, I'll catch up on them some other time because I know I'm going to be wrestling overloaded the next week. Yeah. So it's kind of like me getting taking my time to catch up on some other you know things that I want to watch. No offense. I love wrestling, but sometimes when you know that there's a gigantic weekend of wrestling coming, you got to take a step back because I'm watching the I got the collectives ordered, yep. signed, sealed, and delivered for us. Uh, and also, I'm pretty sure that uh, Ring of Honor should be still covered under my honor club, Tony Khan. If it's not, we be kind of pissed about it, but yeah, we whatever. Got, we got to find out about that. Yeah. And then I'm probably also going to watch the New Japan show. And of course, I'm going to watch WrestleMania. Come, come on. All right, so let's talk about the Crockett Cup, two nights of action. Let's go over night one, and then we'll go over night two separately, okay? Yeah, let's do it. First up, in the pre, in a, a pre-show match, because that's what the P stands for, uh, Ma- Magic Jake Dumas defeated Captain Yuma with Danny Deals and Jeremiah Plunkett in this corner. Okay. That was kind of a squash match. The Bad News Boys, Brandon Tate and Brent Tate, defeated the Heat Seekers, Elliot Russell and Matt Sigmund, the Rip City Shooters, Joshua Bishop and Wes Barkley, our boys. Mm. And Violence is Forever, Dominic Green and Kevin uh, Q by pinfall. And it was a play-in match. So the Bad News Boys earned their way into the Crockett Cup by defeating those teams. Sounds like a solid match. Definitely got to catch up on the Heat Seekers we have, we've heard a little bit about. Also on the pre-show, and they obviously were going for some money to Alex here on the pre-show, baby, because the Briscoe brothers, Jay and Mark Briscoe, the reigning Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions defeated the now Hale Collins and Vic Delicious by pinfall in the first round match of the Crockett Cup. That went down in the pre-show, which is cool they gave that away for free. That's very cool. All right, let's start the call show off proper. Hawks, Airy, Luke Hawks, and PJ Hawks defeated the end, Otis and Impero, uh, by pinfall in another first round of the Crockett Cup okay. match. The Cardonas, Mike Knox and VSK, Defeated De Pope and Mims by pinfall uh, in the uh, Crop Cut first round match. Okay. Uh, next up, the Dirty Sexy Boys, Dirty Dango and JTG, defeated Aaron Stevens and the Blue Meanie in another first round match. Oh, wow. The Gold Rush, Jordan Clearwater and Marsh Rocket with Black Cheese and Tyrus in their corner. That's right. I marked out for Black Cheese. I just want to throw that out there. I even mentioned him on Three Fetters podcast this week because I love me some Nell, okay? They defeated Strictly Business, Chris Adonis and Tom Latimer. Okay. Uh, by the way, great tag teams there. Also, first round match, obviously. Another first round match, the Commonwealth Connection, Doug Williams and Harry Smith defeated Ill Begotten, Alex Taylor and Rush Freeman. Okay. In another first round match, this is round one still because the next up is quarterfinals. I just want to throw it out there so I don't get confused. And another in the last first round match, just to say, La Rebellion, La Rebellion uh, Bestia666, and Mecha Wolf defeated the Bad News Boys, who won their way in. They lost their way in the first <laughs> round. Uh, so ne- next, we're going to start the quarterfinals. Ready? Let's do it. The Cardonas defeated the Fixers, which was Dre Bradley and Wrecking Ball Ligurski. I think they got a bye in the first round. That's why we didn't see them. Okay. In the second, uh, also in the quarterfinals, the Briscoe brothers defeated the Dirty Sexy Boys. Of course, that was JTG and Dirty Dango. I love By the name. By the way, Dango. Dango is set for uh, Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Oh, okay. Taking on Alley Catch. Oh, that'll be a great it's, match. It's been a kind of funny storyline. If you look on Twitter, uh, it's been kind of fun stuff. Okay. 
Uh, Lay Rebellion defeated PJ Hawks by uh, two on one handicap. So obviously his partner didn't make it. Okay. And in the last match of the first night of the Crockett Cup, in the last quarterfinals match, the Commonwealth Connection defeated the Gold Rush. Hmm. So night one, a lot of tag team action in the Crockett Cup. Lots of good matchups. Lots of good teams. Sounds like a, it sounds like really good teams thrown in there too. Briscoe's you know, on fire right now. Oh, absolutely. All right, let's go to night two. Okay. Night two, uh, we had Mims defeat AJ Kazana in a singles match on the pre-show. Okay. Also on the pre-show, Scion and the OGK, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, defeated Magic Jake Dumas and the Fixers and Idolmania Sports Management, Black G's and Jordan Clearwater and Marsh Rocket with Austin Idol in their corner by pinfall in a team war match. All right. And in the last match of the pre-show, PJ Hawks defeated Alex Taylor in a singles match. Let's go to the main card. Okay. In the first semifinal match of the Crockett Cup, the Briscoe brothers defeated the Cardonas. Nice. In the second semifinal match, the Commonwealth Connection defeated Lay Rebellion. So setting up the finals of the Commonwealth Connection of Doug Williams and Harry Smith to take on the Dem Boys. That is a very unique contrast of styles. I'm definitely excited about this one. Next up, the NWA Nora National Championship was on the line as Anthony Mayweather defended his title against Jax Dane. Okay. Then, in the next match... Wow, it, 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 this is crazy. In the next, very next match, Jax Dane, who had a Champion Series cash-in, cashed in after win, losing the first match and defeated Anthony Mayweather to become the new NWA National Champion. That was a strange read, by the okay. way. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw I saw something on Twitter about that, but I was like, I couldn't figure out what the headline was. It, crazy, man. Yeah. Crazy. Next up, we had the NWA World's Women's Tag Team Championship on the Rhine. The Hex, Allison Kay and Marty Bell defended the belts and still against empowered Ella Envy and Kenzie Page. Yeah, I heard good things about this. Next up for the vacant NWA World Junior Heavyweight Championship. Your and new NWA Junior Heavyweight Champion Homicide as he defeated Austin Aries, Kobe Carino, and Darius Lockhart. This is the one I caught the headline on. Yeah, this sounded absolutely insane. In a three-way match for the NWA Women's World Championship, your champion Camille is and still NWA World's Women's Champion as she defeated Chelsea Green and Kylie Ray. Heard about this too. Heard good things. In a singles match for the NWA World Television Champion, your champion Tyrus is still your champion as he defeated Rodney Mack. Oh, wow. Okay. Here we go. It's the finals of the Crockett Cup. Ken M, you ready? Yeah, I definitely want to hear who won this one. The winner of the Crockett Cup, them boys, the Briscoes, as they defeated the Commonwealth Connection to become the Crockett Cup 2022 winners, which entitles them to an NWA World Tag Team title shot. Definitely want to check this match out because, like I said, with such a contrast of styles, like I really want to see how this pans out. I don't even care if the Briscoes won. Like I just want to see how this plays out. And last but certainly not least, in the main event of the evening for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship with special guest referee Jeff Jarrett, which I'm assuming something crazy happened here. Of course, because the course. winner, the winner, and still NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, always ready. Matt Cardona, as he defeated former champion Nick Aldis by disqualification. Oh, Jerry get involved? I'm assuming so. Once again, I didn't see Yeah, I, I didn't catch it. No, I didn't catch the headlines on that one. Now, I heard about, like, a lot of good things coming from that card, and I just didn't catch who won the Crockett Cup, but 
Briscoes, what a way to go into Ring of Honor's uh, Supercard of Honor. Absolutely. Which, of I course, mean, they're facing the FTR. Finally, it's happening. I'm excited about that one. I'm excited too, but uh, it's it's finally going to happen, and uh, no better place to happen. Mm-hmm. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to bring us to our second and final break before we come back. And when we come back in the main event, we are going to be talking about Cody Rhodes and the new revelation that he has signed with WWE and break down some things in toxic fanhoods and all that happy shit that we have to do here because, you know, people keep bringing up Thumbsit. With that being said, though, before we go to break, you are going to see the Three Fat Nerds podcast. The information for it, if you're watching us on uh, Twitch. However... If you're listening at home, and if you're watching, you're going to hear the stylish sounds of our good friend Tom Jolu. This song is actually the theme song for 3FN After Dark, which you might be like, where is that at? Well, right now, it's still over there on the uh, Patreon only. But pretty soon, we have decided, and you're going to hear it here first. I haven't even announced this on 3FN yet. We're going we're gonna to tell you. Pretty soon, it's going to be the second show on the 3FN network. Oh. We're just going to put it out there, and we're probably going to just do it bi-weekly. Okay. But... It is, uh, it's going to be a fun comedy show based around stupid videos on the internet, reactions and stuff. More of a peek in the real life of myself and Derek. And we'll also have special guests coming in and join us occasionally. That's going to be a podcast. Probably uh, after the, the, the four-year anniversary, we'll go live because I think we've gotten it pretty much down to what we wanted to get it to as far as that. Very cool. So there you go. First, first breaking announcement here on 607 TWS. But this is Tom Jolus. When life gives you lemons, have a party. We'll be right back after this break with the main event of the show. Wrestling fans, are you ready? Uh, let's get ready to rumble! 
with the main event of this week's 607TWS. And I, I'm, I'm on a blank screen still because it's not transferring over, damn you. Anyways, it's okay. You can still hear my voice. There we go. <laughs> All right. In the main event, we're going to talk about probably the biggest news in wrestling this past week. After speculations on speculations on speculations, it was reported this past week from a very trusted journalist, believe it or not, in the world of professional wrestling, because it does exist. Yes. And then backed up by everybody else, Mike Johnson has reported that Cody Rhodes has officially signed his contract with World Wrestling Entertainment. <gasps> it is no longer a, this could happen. It is no longer a, it might happen. It is a legit done deal. So now the question is, where does he show up? I know Pat's been sending his messages all night because maybe he was going to show up on Raw tonight because the pencil in idea for a long time, we've been told, is Rollins versus Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. That's a big money match. Although there's also plans that maybe he doesn't work Mania, maybe he comes in the night after Mania. There's a lot of different working brochures. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to work Mania. I think he's going to work against Seth Rollins, and I think he's probably going to make his debut this week or next week. Keep your eyes peeled. Or maybe even at the show. Yeah, I was going to say, there's no way you're going to miss all that pyro at WrestleMania for him. So with that being said, how are you feeling about the fucking national nightmare, the thing that everybody's been speculating on ad nauseum since January? How are you feeling about it finally being over? I'm okay with it. Like, listen, the Rhodes Lander has been a very polarizing figure in wrestling for well over a year now. I mean, let's be honest about it. So to see him now go back to the WWE, this is a big move. And if anybody doesn't realize why it's big, this is the first defector from AEW to WWE. Now, did he go purposely? No, he became a free agent. The deal didn't get worked out with TK. Vince obviously threw him a lot more money. It just didn't work out to go back and resign. Like, for, I don't know the business dealings of it. I'm not going to speculate on it. All I know is the facts. And you're going to have Cody now appear in WWE. He's going to get a big push when he comes in. I like to see what happens three months from now. And we kind of go from there. Well, rumored, Ken, if you're asking, rumored is multiple years for 3 to $5 million a year. I can't go wrong with that. That is the alleged deal to sign with Cody Rhodes. Mm -hmm. uh, also, allegedly, in that deal with some very favorable things to ensure that he would be a top guy. Okay. You know they'll never be creative control, but I'm assuming there might have been a, a promise of a title mm -hmm. in the contract, which is which is the thing that WWE does. Yes. There's probably a promise of the contract, maybe a title run, maybe a couple title runs. And really, here's the here's the the, the, the breakdown of this. And we're going to dive into the internet shit in a minute. Yeah. Right? But let's just give our opinions and our what was on the table here. If it's three to five million dollars, it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good chunk of money. Yes. I mean, if you are one of these people, and like I said, I know we're going to dive more on the internet, but I, I want to dive this one in because I think this is the first one to tackle here. If you're one of these people who thinks that oh WWE is just going to let him come in, they're going to make him be Stardust again, and they're not going to do shit with him, but they're going to pay him three to five million dollars a year. I think you're mistaken. Mm -hmm. WWE is a little smarter than a lot of people give them credit for. Uh, Pat says three and five, three to five million a year talks. Hell, I'd wear a Houston Astros jersey for that much. Oh shit! I need that screenshot. Oh man, let's get that screenshot out there. We'll see if we can make that. I don't know if anybody's going to pay that much, Pat, but we can see if we can make it happen. You got to put it out in the universe, right? Yeah. So with that being said, though, three to five million dollars a year. They're not going to not use him. That's just stupidity. Mm -hmm. That is the dumbest shit you'll ever. It's a business that made a shit ton of money. So I, I, 
once again, I'm not taking victory laps here, but once again, logically, when I broke this down a few months ago, and it was the same thing I've been saying throughout everything else, yeah, I know you can agree on this, even when you were like, nah, Rich, I think it's this way. And I'm not saying that you were wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying anybody else was wrong. I'm not doing that bullshit. I'm just saying, I've said the same thing. This was a business negotiation through and through. Mm-hmm. This was one of those deals where, yeah, Cody wanted to stay in AEW. But TK is trying to take the power back from the people he went into business with, which is interesting enough. Yeah. Because now we know that the Young Bucks are only EVPs in title. Mm-hmm. They've said as much. We know that when Kenny Omega comes back, that's allegedly with him too, although he still has like his dealings with the, the video, video game. game and stuff. Yeah. So basically, TK is taking everything back in-house. Under And remember, this is something he said a few months ago. We were on a press call when he said, hey, from now on, the buck stops here. Mm-hmm. I'm the guy in charge. I'm the only guy in charge. That's what he said on a conference call that we were both a part of. Yep. Made it very clear that there is nobody else running the show. It's him. His decisions. And this is before Cody's contract came up. I think it was in November that he said that. Full gear. When we were on the, no, it wasn't full gear. That was, uh, yeah, this full gear. Yeah, November's full gear, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it was November time because that was that call. And so that was before Cody's contract was up, which is either December 31st or January 1st. The reports are still whatever. Yeah. Either way, around New Year's is when Cody rose. And then he worked on a handshake agreement, which I think is cool, yeah. for the next couple weeks. That's a cool thing to do for somebody, in my opinion. Um, but listen, obviously TK did not value Cody Rhodes for the money. He didn't want to pay him the money. Now, when you're looking at this and going three to five million and oh, that's a lot of money, just remind yourself that this is probably what uh, Adam Cole and Brian Danielson are getting paid mm-hmm. and CM Punk is making more than this. There's no way you can convince me CM Punk came back to wrestling for less than five million. I'm guessing he came back for nine. I'm guessing it's closer to ten. Yeah. Yeah. Nine, eight, nine, ten. If you don't believe me, I fucking promise you that much. Because the last time he was in talks with WWE was ten million. Mm-hmm. Because those talks did happen. Yeah. So I'm assuming right around there. We know Adam Cole, Baby. the closest we, we, we came to that was that he he was making much, 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 much more than his WWE offer contract, which was almost two million dollars. So that would put him in that $5 million bracket. Mm-hmm. And you know Brian Danielson in WWE was making 3 or $4 million, so you know he had to be being paid about the same. Yeah, give, give take. So don't tell me that they're not spending money. I think Mox makes 3 or $4 million, if oh. not more. Oh, yeah, I would say so. Any, any of the big-name free agents they signed are making I'm bank. not shitting on it. It's just good business. So for people out there to go, oh, Cody Rhodes isn't worth that money, I beg to differ because here's the other problem that people don't understand. When this business negotiation went down with Vince McMahon and went something like this. I'm going to offer you a big contract so that way if Tony Khan matches it, he's going to have to pay. Hence why if it's 3 to $5 million, even let's assume that's the $5 million. That means he's putting Tony Khan in a position to either pay $5 million or $6 million to get back a guy that he lost. Well, where does WWE win? They win in three ways. Mm-hmm. First way, they sign a main event talent, period. I know we came down in Cody for his pyro and stuff like that, but he was in a land of, of where they didn't reel him in. Yeah. No matter how you look at it, he was still the face of the revolution. I don't give a fuck how you want to revisionist history or anything. He was the face of the revolution. He might as well call himself John Cena. He was the face that ran the place. Or actually, that's technically AJ Styles, but still. Yeah. Same difference. I had to think about that for a second, yeah. 
the champ that ran the camp. That's yeah, yeah, no, I, I couldn't remember the catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, that was that, that was off. But still, I mean, that, that, that applies to John Cena, too. Mm-hmm. But anyways, here's the problem. He was that guy. He was the guy that was the first thing you saw in the opening package. He was the guy that was the first thing you saw on any on any promotional stuff. And yeah, maybe that was some of his own ego. But at the same point in juncture, let's be honest. There was three guys that they got early on that were big enough names to put on the marquee. It was him, Jericho, and Moxley. Mm-hmm. Because those are the three guys that were recognizable to the casual wrestling fan. I don't care how you want to spin this and say how great. Yeah, Kenny Omega is great. I'm a big Kenny Omega fan. I'm a huge Kenny Omega, Mark. Let's be honest. I mean, I know Ken knows this. But the problem is Kenny Omega is not a star to casual fans. He's a star to hardcore fans. Yeah. And you want to bring the casual. So listen, the three people that they signed that were the faces of the place when they started were Jericho, Cody, and then Moxley because Moxley came in shortly after. He wasn't there at the first show, but he was there shortly after. Which means those three guys were, they're the reason they were on all the marquees because a casual wrestling fan flipping through the channels would go, oh. That's why we always said we, we would have preferred Hangman Page because we're, we're wrestling fans mm-hmm. to win. But we know why Chris Jericho was the first champion because it makes sense. And he's the most recognizable face called that way back when. Right. You have to make smart businesses. So that's the first thing. He's mm-hmm. a main eventer. Vince can put him in the main event picture. And obviously they're planning on that. If he's penciled in and he does wrestle Seth Rollins, that, that's a main event type match. Because Seth Rollins is a main eventer. By the way, let's not get me started. Maybe I'll go into the weeds later. But let's not get me started about this new uh, Adam Cole is greater than Seth Rollins. Wait, wh- I have not Oh, that's been this. making this way around the internet, kind of. Some people think that Adam Cole is better than Seth Rollins. And I'm like... On what fucking, what planet? Because not this one. Cole's good, but I mean, Cole's real good, yeah. but you're, when you compare him to Seth Rollins. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I mean, Cole throws 50 super kicks in a match, and fucking Seth Rollins doesn't. I mean, and this is coming from a guy who has a personal relationship with Adam Cole. Yeah, that's true. Baby. You do. You do. Nothing against him. I think he's a talented worker. No, but he's, you can't, he's you great, can't compare but, him to fucking Seth Rollins. Rollins stupidity. Rollins so there you go, internet. Level. You got me already. That's stupidity. Let's 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 fucking calm down. Wow. Oh, that drip god gimmick is stupid, dude. If you did, you hear him on his fucking interview with Stone Cold on the Broken Skulls Ranch. It's the best thing he's ever done. He loves it. Yeah, and he's great at it. And he's blurred the line because we don't know if he's a face, a heel, whatever. He takes it all. It's Joker great. Rollins is great. It's amazing. And yeah. his in-ring work is fucking best of his career. Yeah. At 36, I think he's 36 years old. It's fucking amazing. Anyways, it's prime of your career anyways. Going back mm-hmm. uh, to the uh, The second reason why this is a smart move and why they did it and, and why it didn't backfire that they couldn't get Tony to spend the money is because bringing him over gives you the first ha-ha, we beat you moment. Mm-hmm. Because the first defection from all wrestling wasn't, like a Joey Janela, and I'm not shitting on Joey. I'm just saying Joey Janela was a bit player in, in in AEW. I love what he does on the independents and in GCW, but let's be honest, AEW never used him as top potential. Right. You, we can say that for a lot of guys, but Joey Janela will just use for this. It's not Joey Janela that came over. It is the exe- one of the executive vice presidents and founders of the fucking company. This is the this is like this is literally the cat that ate the fucking canary. Mm-hmm. Like this is the reason why at all costs I said Tony Khan needed to make this deal because now Vince McMahon can tout, hey, 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 such a great company, huh? Got one of your founders and EVPs. I got the face of the revolution. What's that mean for the revolution? What happens when the general of the revolution gets captured by the opposing team? Mm-hmm. 
That's what it looks like. And if you don't see the optics of that, for those of those people online that don't see that as the optic, believe me, that's the optic, especially to casual fans. Say what you will, because all of you hating on him right now were kissing his ass about three months ago. Facts. Continuing on here, the last reason and the most important reason. More important than the cat that ate the canary. More important than getting another main event talent that you can plug right into the main event scene. And the most important reason why I guarantee he'll be pushed. This tells other top talent from All Elite Wrestling that WWE is interested in. And I'll give you three in a minute that they're definitely interested in. Mm -hmm. This tells them, you can come over here, we'll pay you, we'll push you, and we'll treat you right. And that is why I promise you, and I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe they do some dumb shit, but I, I doubt it. They're going to give them the push. They're going to give them a belt. They're, and I mean the big belt. Either universal or world heavyweight or unified oh, or whatever they're doing. He'll get a good run, too. And he'll then, even after he's done running with the belt, he'll ha- he'll be in, in that Kevin Owens zone of matches mm-hmm. where you're always near that top tier having good matches. People are like, well, they ruin everybody else. How can you be sure? Because here's the optic. In 2023... Hangman Page's contract comes up. That's a guy WWE wants. Mm-hmm. In 2023 or four, I can't remember which one it is, Wardlow's contract comes up. That's a guy that WWE wants. 24, I think. And in 2024, for sure, the highest free agent in pro wrestling comes available, and he ain't signing extensions, as you heard recently. Mm-hmm. They tried to give him the extension. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but it was very public that they tried to give MJF an extension. He said, no, 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 no. In 2024, I'm going to the highest bidder. But you know what? This sends the signal to those three guys and other guys that are in the top tier, but those are the three we know WWE wants. It sends the message, hey, you can come here. You'll get paid. You'll become a superstar, and we won't bury you. No, like you say, this is something that definitely sends a shockwave. Even for me, this is why I said I want to see where he is in three months because if he's champion... And he is the face of, let's say, Monday Night Raw. And he gets the you know the top of the card spot to run with. That's the optic that like you touched upon. Hangman Page is going to be seeing. MJF is definitely watching because you know he's good friends with Cody. And Wardlow, who I know they're trying to give the Batista push now to, is it enough to sway him The WWE wouldn't come calling when that contract's up? Because that's all they're going to be looking at. You're going to see a- or AEW... Almost get a WCW like raid from WWE for the the talent that's young that they feel is getting overpushed by the signings of a CM Punk by a Brian Danielson. This is where this all plays in the factor. And I'm glad you said that. You want to know? I'm glad you said that. What was WWE's first major acquisition from WCW? The uh, Jericho. Nope. Second. Radicals. Nope. That was third. The Big Show. Oh, that's right. They put him right in there with Austin. Yeah, he came right through the cage. And the Mind you, he was still greener than shit for some reason because they never taught him shit in WCW. But he, they, right in there with the top, is the top of the top. Mm-hmm. What happened when they brought in Chris Jericho, the next big acquisition? Him and The Rock. That's right. They put belts on him. They pushed him. What happened when the Radicals came in? Oh, a huge push. Right. What did that send the message to everybody in WCW? You can come here. We're not going to bury you. We're going to push you. As a matter of fact, we're going to give you more due because Jericho was a mid-carder in WCW, but we put him right in there with the main eventer. We mm-hmm. put him in there with the great one, The Rock. And then even after that, when he was on the mid-card, winning mid-card titles, we transitioned him from that to being the first unified champion. 
which did go down after the company was bought, but to still, be fair. But still. But the, he was on that road. Mm-hmm. Big Show. He had his first title reign before the WCW acquisition. Yep. And then, of course, the Radicals, when they came, and they came in right before the acquisition, but all those guys got belts. I mean, remember, Dean Malenko was the cruiserweight champion, or light heavyweight at the time, yeah, sorry. They had a light heavyweight. But it's still, you know, uh, Chris Benoit was the United States champion. No, not United States, uh, Intercontinental. And the European champion was Eddie Guerrero. And Perry Saturn was Perry Saturn. That's what I was trying to think of, like, is the Saturn you get a belt? Like, tag I, champ, he, I thought. He did, he did get a tag title, and I do want to say he was European champion at one point. Uh, but you know, I think it was also a light heavyweight champion. But then Saturn was Saturn because it was not very long after he was in the company. The Mike Bell incident happened. Oh, that's right. So it was kind that's of a little whatever. Right. But he wasn't his own. But let's be honest. They pushed all those guys. And mm-hmm. that told WCW guys, hey, come here. Come on over. Come on over, all you young, talented guys. We want all of your young, talented guys. And that's what WWE is doing now. It's the same fucking playbook. And now... Just like the Giant was a main eventer in WCW, they get Cody Rhodes, who was a main eventer in AEW. But even more than that, he was an EVP. Mm. He was the face of the revolution. The fans aren't looking at the optics and saying some dumb shit because Uncle Dave has covered his bases and said all the things he had to, and then he's just beating the drum for that base. But guess what? It's wrong, guys. WWE is not going to drop this ball. I will put fucking money on it because I know what they're doing. They're trying to lure away Hangman Page, Wardlow, and MJF, and they're going to get one, if not all three. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, in 2024, MJF is good as gone. Yeah, MJF is gone. He's pretty much telling everybody that now. Mm-hmm. Hangman Page is probably gone in 2023. I got to imagine he is. At this point, I can't seem that he's happy. The, the the tweets are very interesting if you follow them. Remember, hey man, Paige has a close relationship with Cody. Mm-hmm. All it's going to take is Cody, man. <laughs> How is it over there? Man, the grass is greener on this side, baby. And so isn't the money. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Also, I want to point this out. Cody didn't just go here just for vendettas. He went here because financially he was offered more money. Mm-hmm. He was offered a better deal than what AEW was giving him financially and in the ring. And on top of that, I want to point this out to you. Two things is another reason I think Cody Rhodes is going back. One, we know he's been very public that what Vince did for his father and his mother when he gave Dusty a job, when, when, when Dusty was too proud to ask for a handout because money got tight. Vince found out, and instead of, instead of you know torturing Dusty, Vince did the smart thing because Vince, Vince wanted to help Dusty. Vince knew that if he said, hey, I'm just going to give you a handout, Dusty wasn't going to take it. What did he do? He said, hey, Dusty, I got this place at FCW. We're going to turn it into this, this new NXT thing. And I want you to go down there and train these young kids. Do you think you could do that? You, there's nobody better. Gave him the ego. Mm-hmm. You need the American dream, daddy. And he went down there, and, he, he, and all those kids became his kids, and he did miracles for him. But in the meantime, what Cody Rhodes has said, and he said this very publicly the whole time, that he owes Vince McMahon more than he'll ever be able to repay for that. Yeah. So anything that Vince asks of him, he has zero problem doing. Just because of what he did for his family. Secondly, he wants to make his father proud. And you know what's going to make his dad proud? He will become the first Rhodes to ever hold the WWE title. Mm-hmm. Mark my words. That is part of that deal. Oh, yeah. no. There's like- no way you can convince me. And even if he holds it for 10 seconds, which I doubt that's the case. He will still be the first Rhodes to hold wrestling's biggest prize. And I don't care if you like WWE or not. Let's be honest. The WWE title is the biggest prize in wrestling. 
because every wrestler, every wrestling fan who wanted to be a wrestler fantasized when they were kids and growing up, and you can ask this day, that you main evented WrestleMania for that title. That's what makes it the top prize in this game. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You can blow smoke up people's asses and tell them it's the AEW belt, the NWA belt, the IWGP title, all that happy shit. You can blow smoke up their asses. That's fine. But let's all be honest. Even the people who hate WWE now and are going after it, tell me you didn't stand in your mirror and cut your WrestleMania, I just won the belt promo. Yeah. Don't think back. I'm not sorry. I was. I was a fucking little kid, man. I'd cut a lot of them. Cut my promo about being WWE champion, main event and mania, going on last, raising my hand after I beat The Undertaker, took his fucking streak. If you're a wrestling fan, you've done that at least <laughs> once in your life. Don't even lie about it. Don't act like you didn't stand in the shower and spit the water out like Triple H. Uh-huh. Or maybe not even in the shower. Maybe out in public because who gives a shit? I'm just throwing it out there. We all know there's certain truths of being a wrestler. Just like I just did a Dusty Rhodes impersonation. Everybody's impersonated Dusty. Everybody's impersonated John Laronitis. Like, come on, man. No, I'm just laughing because I thought of a dog impersonation of Triple H that I, I can't say on air. Well, that's fine. You can tell me later. Yeah. The, the problem is this. Like, we all have that in our mind. So that's why that belt. And I'm like I said, I'm not happy with the product right now. This is not me, hurrah, hurrah. But this is also me trying to talk sense into people who are literally out there right now saying how AEW didn't need him and fuck Cody Rhodes and he wasn't that good. He's not a main eventer. Who cares? Ah, ah, ah. Don't fool yourself. He was the guy that carried your fucking company. It is very puzzling to see how quickly everybody is willing to drop Cody and what he did. And what the smart move for AEW fans should be, thank you, Cody. Good luck with your future endeavors and start rallying the base around what you have now. By the way, how much class from Cody Rhodes, knowing he's gone, and still putting out nice things about AEW. Yeah, no, I mean, Cody understands the business, and that's what it is. It was a business move. And if TK has this vision, whatever it's going to be now, obviously the Ring of Honor acquisition and and what 2022 is going to be a transformation year for AEW, whether fans want to believe it or not. If Cody didn't fit there, then you have to rally your base, but you don't have to be toxic about it because, let's face it, if it wasn't for Cody Rhodes and what he did to get the ball rolling, there would be no AEW. And that's what the fan base has already forgotten about because they're so caught up in the nonsense that they're getting fed about how it's AEW versus everybody. And, you know, if you leave, you're not with us, you're against us. That's such bullshit. Meanwhile, they'll go to bat for anybody that comes there. Oh, exactly. It's a weird, and once again, and I'm, I'm against the WWE tribalism. The WWE tribalism who is saying that Jeff Hardy is just a junkie and all that shit, I'm, fuck them too. Yeah. And it, it goes both ways, folks. It goes both ways. But the problem is you can't do this because you know what ends up happening? Here's what I really want to warn everybody about the hashtag rent-free that we say. Mm-hmm. Living that rent-free lifestyle, living that toxic lifestyle, there's a there's a backlash to that. There's a lot of interviews that go down in, 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 in AEW with guys shitting on WWE. We just talked about Jeff Hardy one. Yeah. There's we've we, we heard it from Cody Rhodes in the past. We've heard it from Chris Jericho in the past. John Moxley in the past. Mind you, some of them have changed their tune after certain things, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we still heard it. The first sign of somebody being unhappy is, you know, behind every great man, there's a great woman. <laughs> and you can usually tell a lot about someone's wife. And you can tell somebody who's scorned. And, and we all know Brandy fucking Rhodes is scorned. Mm-hmm. And I just want to remind people that it can change because Brandy Rhodes today on Twitter, put a simple quote out with uh, 
some rainbow emojis, and it just said, Happy Monday. And the quote was this. The next chapter of your life will make a lot of people regret not treating you right. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I'm just saying, the Thronebreaker could easily be the Jordan 1 Ripper. The Thronebreaker, just like he went on Chris Jericho's podcast, could easily go on the Broken Skull Ranch and spill all his shit about how he was treated at All Elite Wrestling. And it doesn't sound like Tony Khan is treating people too good. Especially if you read the reports and read between the lines. I mean, now we've got Chavo Guerrero saying it, Marco Stunt, Joey Janela, Big Swall said it. Leo Rush is kind of quiet after they paid him off and let him go. <laughs> I just saw something. They, they haven't announced who's going to be on the Broken Skull podcast after, after Mania. Mania. Oh, that's going to be a lock. It's Cody. If you don't think he might say that, hey, I had a lot of good times in AEW, and and you know the guys there are great, but if you don't think that if he has some animosity towards Tony Khan, it's not going to come out, you're fucking wrong, because the guy has been honest about everything else. He'll be classy, but there'll be something said. And here's the problem: he doesn't have to have that hand on the back door like he did when he was in AEW, because he had that push to exit the WWE hand on the door, the same way Jericho does. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, in the same way Moxley does recently, if you're not paying attention. Yeah, that's interesting. They all have their hand on that back door. It's not, I'm not saying they're leaving. Right, right. I'm just saying that they have their hand there. They're covering They the know they can go back. Cody doesn't need to go back now because now he's back with the, the fucking machine. He can have finish out his career fucking because he said he wanted to retire young. Get that title in there. Get that Hall of Fame induction and fucking right off into the sunset. That's what exactly he might do. Mm-hmm. I'm this might be it. a three to five year deal, and that's exactly how he does it. And if that's the case, he's going to go on that broken skull ranch and say, "Listen, Tony Khan doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. He's a fucking money mark, and that's all it is. And all these people gobbling that Kool Aid up are fucking stupid. That could be. You better prepare yourself for that, fans, because it could be happening. It could be happening in uh, a week from Sunday. <laughs> I I'm going to tell you the next one. It's going to be it's 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 got to be a lock. It's Cody, and you yeah. You give him an open mic, he's going to say some things. Like I say, he'll be classy about it, but trust me, he'll he's going to say some stuff. He, that's the one thing you got to say from all the media scrums we've been in with him. He's, oh, he's he, fucking always been honest. He's I, always I love, been honest. I, listen, I love the media scrums when we were doing it with Cody. Mm-hmm. I can't stand Tony Khan ones. Yep. I'm just throwing it out there. And I'm like I said, it's not that I'm siding on one side or the other. I'm just pointing out the logical facts that people are missing about this whole deal. And I get it. Some fans, and I'm going to say fans here. Some fans are hurt legitimately. Not like, I'm not saying butt hurt. I'm not saying that they're they're hurt. Because they're, they're legitimate fans of the All Elite Wrestling product. They're legitimate fans of everything that happened there. And they really feel like Cody Rhodes shouldn't have gone back to WWE. And I don't blame him. He was the face. Sure. And whether you liked his run or not, or whether you got tired of the Cena one, and that's why he was getting booed, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, there are fans out there that are legitimately hurt. And that's why they're like, oh, fuck him now. But they're not the ones that are being super vile. They're just like, oh, fuck him. Yeah. And I get that. It's like when somebody leaves your favorite sports team. Oh, absolutely. By the way, also stop being fucking toxic about sports teams. You don't play for the sports team. Just like you don't fucking work for all elite wrestling. Okay, like I, 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 I hate all the toxic shit that goes on in the Internet, whether it's sports world, Star Wars, <laughs> yeah, Lord comics. of the fucking Rings, comics. Guys, 
If it's your opinion, I have opinions and and I own them and I think they're, they're that those are my opinions. But guess what? I, I'll hear your opinion. You might not agree with me. I'm not going to be like, oh, you're fucking stupid. No, because we could be on different wavelengths. What I like isn't necessarily what you like and vice versa. Sometimes we may agree. Sometimes we may not. But at the end of the day, it ain't like we're getting paid by these people. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're seeing it right now with NFL free agent. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. Yeah, we'll talk about the right, 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 tomorrow. PH, God damn it. Some sports talk, baby. But here's the thing. This happens in wrestling, and that's why we're having this toxic wrestling world on Twitter. So there are a certain number of the fanhood that as the juice drinkers, the Kool-Aid drinkers, as we pointed out before, that watch six hours of WWE television programming a week just to bitch about it because they think that that's honorable to their cause, and it's not. Stop watching shit you don't like. Mm. <laughs> if you're suggesting I lay off the Astros, no chance. <laughs> I'm not saying hatred of teams you don't like, Pad. But I'm just saying if you're a Yankees fan, don't be Mike C. I hope he hears that. <laughs> I was gonna say, but for three to five million, will your hatred go away? I uh, I also want to say if you're Lincoln and you're a Red Sox fan, let's not do that's the status. Okay, sometimes you just gotta be not, you know, whatever. I'm pointing out the fact that like Packers fans right now that are like, fuck Devontae Adams. He's horrible. He's going to fucking flop. It's not going to happen. He's the best receiver in the league in the prime of his career. It's slow your roll. It's the same thing that's going on right now like in wrestling. It's like these guys are just going off and doing it. And if you're a fan of them, stay a fan of them. If not, if you're just a fan of AEW and what's going on there, stay a fan of that and that's what you love. There's no reason to be like, okay, to make my company better, I got to shit on everybody else. Because it makes your company look stupid. That's the problem. See, that's the whole thing about being the fan. You can be passionate about what your product is. Sure, I get it. But when you start flipping to be toxic, you're turning other people away from it. So when you want to be as passionate as you can, you're really hurting your own product. You're hurting your own business. Because the whole thing is, if you want to talk about how great AEW is, but you're not willing to be honest with other people's opinions, you're just going to talk into an echo. And it gets you absolutely nowhere. I saw a good gif earlier, and it was like the moment Cody Rhodes knew he was gone, and it was the night they threw the weight belt back. Yeah. And I went, I don't think his ego is that fragile. So I don't think that that's what pushed him out the door. But I think when he was thinking about, when he was thinking about reasons to go back for probably less money or less opportunity or whatever the deal was, I think that did stick in his head. I think it played a factor, yeah. I think, I think the internet talking shit to his wife came into a oh factor. i think yeah i think i think the internet talking shit about his brother came into a factor even though his brother's still carrying the banner it doesn't matter they still were talking a lot of shit about him i think that there was a lot of things that when he was like should i take less money when he was sitting at home with his wife and now i'm talking about the real people i'm not talking about the people they play on television mm-hmm. i'm talking about brandy runnels and cody runnels not Rhodes, not the Rhodes lander not not the uh chief brandy officer I'm talking about the people. They have a have a daughter. They have a couple dogs. They're real people. And I'm sure when he was sitting there, and his wife's very smart. Take what you will. Is she good in the ring? No. <laughs> That's why she doesn't have a WWE contract, okay? <laughs> it's just him. And I'm, th- I'm pretty sure she's probably happy just to build her brand at home because she still has her, her YouTube stuff that she does very successful. She said it's not going away. If I'm not mistaken, she actually got signed. Uh, Shot of Brandy's going somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. So, like, she's worried about that focus on the side. We still know we're getting our roads to the top, mm. which is hilarious that that could be a, 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 a post-AEW show <laughs> that uh, is featuring WWE superstar. Uh, because that's still a go. That unless they cancel it, which they owe him money, season two is greenlit. There's one, yeah. There's there's some show. Maybe it was that one that got signed. I thought there was something late breaking before I got on the the air. 
Well, they they signed that during the season. The real okay. top was going to have a shot season. of brandy. Then I'm, all right, it's probably a shot of brandy. If I'm wrong, so, hit me up on Twitter. Let me know. The IWC absolutely played a part in this. I, I agree with you, Pat. I agree with you here. I haven't hit it today, so here you get it right now. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but you but didn't have to say it. I he mean, was, so just go back to what I'm saying. He was sitting at home, husband and wife, and he probably said, hey, I love AEW. I've done all this stuff for AEW. Maybe I should just take the pay cut. Maybe I should just take that I'm not an EVP. Maybe I should just take the lesser role. You know, you know what What do you think? And it's probably his wife and him talking. And once it goes back and forth, because I do the same thing with my wife, they probably looked at him and said, you're full of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, these fans fucking hate you. They hate me. They're, they're, they're just vicious and vile, and Tony Khan is disrespecting us. Why wouldn't we take the big money offer from the other company, and they're offering to treat you like a star? No, I, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, that's the whole thing about it is, is when you have the fan base is, is reacting like that. I mean, that does wear. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, people are human anyway. So it, it's not like, you know, when the lines are blurred and, and fans think that they got an open right to say whatever they want, it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. And I'm sure it did. The moment the belt got thrown back, I think that kind of gave a tipping point. Like, okay, the fan base is turning, and do I want to deal with this? No, I mean, he he thought out loud about that. It was mm-hmm. in the thing where he was like, well, maybe they, they don't like me. Maybe they want me to go heel, but I don't want to be heel. Yeah. And they're like, well, if you go to WWE, you might be a heel. He doesn't give a fuck about that. It, really, at the end of the day, it was because it was his baby, and he thought he should be respected. Yeah. That's all it is. So, at the end of the day, I'm not saying it's anybody's fault in particular. This was a business deal. Cody Rhodes played this business deal out. He's going to ride it into a lot of money. He's going to ride it into a lot of opportunity. Uh, logically, let's start thinking with our logical brains and not some bullshit. And this is how it should be as wrestling fans. We're probably going to see him push to the raft, the, to the fucking rafters, maybe even on the verge of being shoved down your throat. Mm. He's going to win the championship, the main belt, at least once. He's going to have a good run, and then he's going to be at the top of the card like a Kevin Owens is. And the reason being is they are sending a signal to everybody else. So if you're AEW, once again, this is the time where you take your head out of your ass, you stop hashtag rent-free, and you go, let's focus on our product and how we can keep our talent in this company. How we can acquire more respectable talent. Let's be honest. You can't just keep signing everybody. You're bloated. Because mm-hmm. you're not doing shit with 90% of the people you signed. Um, you know that great program Miro's in right now, right? Oh, yeah. And how's Brian Cage doing? Yeah. <laughs> Brian Cage, they just re-upped the contract. Mm-hmm. And I ain't seen him on TV once. Yeah, I haven't even seen him on Dark. I can't remember the last time I've seen him on TV. Last time I saw him, he was wrestling in Mexico. And then the time before that, he was wrestling for XPW. <laughs> like, but they just re-upped him and are paying him for nothing. Yeah, I mean, unless, unless the plan is to shift everybody to Ring of Honor, which, listen, that makes some sense, but... I mean, can everybody go there? I mean, that's going to be the challenge they're going to have to face. But that's what they is need. Is that to who focus. you're going to? Okay, so here's my question. Is that where you can send an Andrade? Is that where you can send a Keith Lee? Is that where you can send? Because here's the problem. You signed them with the, the reason they signed with your company at the end of the day. Yeah, they might have not been happy with what was going on in WWE. That's fine and all well and dandy. But the reason they signed with your company was for opportunity mm-hmm. for all elite wrestling. And, and how many of these guys, if you go, okay, now we're just going to shuffle you over to Ring of Honor. Same, same. It's not same, same. Even if they do a weekly fucking show, it's not same same all elite wrestling is still the parent company that is like being on nxt yeah ring of honor is literally right now AEW's nxt and it it doesn't matter if they run it good or not because let's be honest nxt when triple h was running it was just fucking fine yeah let's be honest it's only sucked since he's been gone so at the end of the day you could run it as good as but at the end of it's still not the main roster 
No matter what they tell you. How many people, when they tried to sell us that there was three brands in WWE, went, no, there's not. Mm. There's two in a developmental. How many people? How many people at home? Be honest. And I'm not even saying shitting on it. Oh, even no. WWE fans. That's why NXT doesn't do the numbers, because the WWE Universe doesn't tune into NXT, because they don't think it's WWE enough. And that's why they're trying to convert it now, and they're having WWE Raw show up there, or right, you know, right, whoever right. does. And it's not working still, because they already put that developmental indie wrestling stank on it. And the WWE Universe fans don't like that. And they're just as bad as the toxic AEW fans. I co- fucking completely agree. Mm-hmm. We're not playing tit for tat. Once oh, no. again, remember what I said with the Jeff Hardy thing. It's not mutually exclusive. AEW, toxic AEW fans are shit. Toxic WWE fans are shit. It's, it's same thing. Mm-hmm. Same thing. It doesn't mean because... The toxic WWE the reasons fans. behind it aren't well, here's it. different. But well, I'm just saying. It the reasons mean, are different, but still. But it doesn't mean just because WWE fans are toxic, the WWE Universe marks are toxic, and the AEW Kool-Aid drinkers are toxic, that means that vice versa excuse. Well, they're toxic, so we could be toxic. That's not how this works. Yeah. Be better. <laughs> like, it's a dumb reason. Once again, we went through this earlier. WWE can be a scumbag operation for things they've done, and Jeff Hardy can be unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Uh, passes unless TK gives the reins of running ROH over to William Regal. I'm super skeptical of it. And he could do that, but here's the problem. Once again, are you going to convince your big-time signings that Ring of Honor is the same as AEW and you sign them in AEW? I don't think you convince a Keith Lee, who's already kind of pissy because of the way things went down in WWE, yeah. that, oh, I came in here for this fucking big opportunity, and now I'm in Ring of Honor. I don't think it works. I don't think you're going to be able to pull that fucking sleight of hand off. Same with an Andrade, same with a Miro. Same, you know, there's a lot of these guys. You know, I don't know about Al, uh, Malachi Black. I almost called him Alistair Black again. I, I don't know about Malachi Black. I, I think he's just cool and calm and doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. I th- like I said, but I think still, there could be problems. Yeah, well, that's going to be the telling point. Like I said, we're going to have to watch April 1st and see how that all plays out. But just in general, AEW is now going to be faced with a interesting predicament on their hands. You lose the face of your franchise. And let's be honest, Cody was. How do you rebuild and where do you go from here? Now, what they should do, like Rich touched upon, double down on your product, make it the best show you can, and not worry about what anybody else is doing. Because when you start worrying and living rent-free or letting WWE live rent-free in your head, you're becoming stagnant, you're becoming predictable, and you're becoming everything that you claim that you were not going to be. And then when your main event guys like MJF, Adam Page, and Warlow, let's face it, are your rising stars that should be in the main event talk, when they leave, you're going to have nobody else to blame but yourself. Exactly. So that's in a nutshell. So once again, I hope our logical... Welcome to our logical wrestling talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope this helped out. And I, But I said this in the chat earlier for Diesel, who said that the drama in wrestling business. I said, you know the buddy's frustration? And I and I think Kevin Wilkins co said, I was just going to say, he was a private conversation, but fuck it. Mm-hmm. I said, the biggest problem that Ken and I have is we come on here, we give us your, your honest opinion, we try to turn you on to the best things that you can, and we try to give you the logical answers to the dumb fucking questions of the wrestling world and the drama and the beef, hoping that everybody will go out and go, let's be less toxic, let's just be fans. And every fucking week, I, I, I we get the, oh, you know, the numbers are going up, people are turning us on, we got some great things going on, lots of GCW fans, lots of AEW fans, lots of, we, we have fans across the board, and it's mm-hmm. great. And a lot of them will reach out and say, hey, you know, what you said was absolutely right, it was wonderful. Yeah. But then I see them a day or two later doing a toxic tweet and jumping into fights. That they, and I'm just like, guys, did you miss the fucking point, though? The point is this. Logically, this is what logic says is going to happen. 
Whether I'm on board with it or not is is it's a neutral elevation. I'm just telling you that they're going to push Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. You do that what you will. If you still believe otherwise, that's fine. But let's just put the logical pieces together. I gave you the WWE playbook. I gave you the example that proves that I'm right. Yeah. Because it's the same fucking playbook they use against WCW. It's the same playbook they use against fucking TNA. It's the same playbook that they keep rewriting and keep using. Rewriting and keep using. And the problem is, is the companies that fail going up against them keep making the same mistake. And that is... Trying to compete with WWE on WWE's playing field. Mm-hmm. Instead of ignoring WWE, making an alternative in wrestling, and being that difference. That's what AEW set out to do, and they fucking failed at it so far. It's not saying it's too late to not do it, but you cannot do WWE light or WWE-S things and think you're going to take the fans away. The machine is too strong. CM Punk said it before. That pipe bomb. I'm just a cog in the wheel. Mm-hmm. Once I leave, this machine is going to keep on rolling. And lo and behold. Here's the problem. Do what your original mission statement was. Forget that they even exist. Just do you and put out the best wrestling product, and guess what's going to happen? Fans will find you and, kill, and flock. But right now, to play like fucking, as I said before, mathematic gymnastics, to do the little sidestep fucking Olympics, the spin Olympics, if you will, that you hear from a lot of commentators is 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 stupid. Yeah. Because it sounds dumb when you have Dave Meltzer going, huh, we beat them in their home uh, thing of New York. Mwah. What did you beat them at? Selling out one venue? Yeah. The, the, the rating that might be slightly higher in that market? What did you actually beat them at? Because on paper, WWE made over a billion dollars in profits last year. Mm-hmm. Can't say the same for your company. So what did you beat them at exactly is what I really want to know. And all these fans that are bitching and being toxic, they're still tuning into six hours of, of WWE programming. I have a newsflash for you because some people have, have said this before about me that I, I take the WWE side. I don't take any side. Here's the funny part. You guys that bitch and watch six hours of WWE television programming, watch six more hours of WWE television programming than I do. Facts. This because is... Ken can tell you, I uh-huh. have not watched Raw, I do not watch NXT, and I do not watch SmackDown at all. Well, how do you speak on it? Well, because I can see clips and I can read. I'm an intelligent human being. I don't need to watch shit that I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> like, bottom line, when I say I'm watching wrestling all the time, you should check my IWTV feed. <laughs> you should check my GC. Look at, I, I, if it wasn't for the fact that I don't need you motherfuckers charging my fight account, look at my fight account. I can attest to this. Ken's got the information, so he knows. Yeah. My fight account is fucking... It's it's a, it's two and a half years of GCW events. It's two and a half years of AAA events. Mm-hmm. It's two and a half... It, like, it just reads like a wrestling fan's novel of love to the business. West Coast Impact, Pro. West Coast Pro. Black that's label. on IWTV. Black Labels on IWTV. I, these are companies that I'm watching. You hear me talk about them on the air. If, you, if, you, if you're following at... Three Fighters Pod on Twitter. I can I can promise you I don't. I, I I try to be a little better, especially about the indie products, about tweeting more. But usually, if you see me stop tweeting, it's not because I stopped watching. It's because I'm enthralled with what I'm watching and I don't really give a shit about you know. So I'll hit the social media post later. Yeah. Sometimes I try to be better about it and make sure I'm getting a gift from our good friend uh, Rob. It's uh, at Hey I'm Rob mm-hmm. on uh, on uh, Twitter. He does the best wrestling gifts in all of fucking independent wrestling. Thousand percent fact. And so you'll see a lot of me sharing his stuff and adding quotes to it. And I try to do that consciously 
a little more because I'm really trying to get people to really tune in to stuff that I think is super fucking cool and groovy out there right now, man. Because there's a lot of rad shit. Like those, listen, if you like AEW, you'll, you'll like West Coast Pro, you'll like Prestige, you'll like, you'll probably like most of GCW, maybe not the death matches, but maybe because you guys have been doing a lot of blood over there on the AEW side. Mm-hmm. And, and once again, instead of watching six hours of shit that you hate, i.e. WWE television, watch something, watch six hours of that stuff. And I guess what? You'll be fucking happier than pigs and shit. Mm-hmm. Watch some New Japan, some Strong. There's a lot of that on my fight.tv. I got a lot Impact. of subscriptions. I'm paying too much money for goddamn wrestling, goddamn it. <laughs> I need some sponsorships, fight. Free stuff. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Woo. But I don't mind paying. But I'm just saying, let's, let's be honest, guys. That's why we drum this home every so often. But this logical talk was me trying to talk logic into you, the same as I did with ratings. And a lot of you took that and then just still ran with the ball about ratings. Yeah. So you got to do what you got to do. But thank you for tuning in because I appreciate it. And hopefully with that logic, it might bring you a different part of the argument to the party. With that being said, though, Ken M, it is time for us to finally say goodbye. It's always these ones that we think are going to be shorter. We get a drum and bum. But we got two big fucking shows coming up. Yes, we in do. In the next couple weeks. But before then, tell these folks how to get a hold of you and the ODPH. Very simple. Swing on over to ODPHpodcast.com. Join the conversation on our social media accounts. They're all right there on the homepage. You can just go click, follow, interact. We talk with everybody. You can also check out the directory, which has every single podcast provider we can find to hook you up with the ODPH. So if we're not on your favorite provider, hit us up. Let us know. We'll try fixing that. We can T public store parlay points, new blogs dropping this week, especially brand new blogs count anywhere. All that and so much more. ODPHpodcast.com. Simple. 8122productions.com. We have our uh, T public store up there. Patreon link. Patreon.com slash 8122productions. Uh, we have all the social media links. And basically, three fat nerds pod. Throw an at in front of it if you have to. You can find us everywhere. Remember, it's the number three, not the word three. Uh, we're on every podcast provider as well. All those links are up there. 8122productions.com is like the most important. Uh, of course, uh, three fat nerds podcast comes out every Tuesday. Uh, so keep your eyes for that. And then, of course, I mean, big news popping. I mean, tomorrow, tomorrow night. ODPH drops that sports edition. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to be in the house talking some football. Maybe even talking some more wrestling, depending on what happens on Raw before uh, we get out. Because who knows? Maybe Cody Rhodes shows up tonight. Who knows? Yeah, we're gonna Don't matter st- me either way. We're going to stack show talking some March Madness, too. Woo. Got a lot of stuff. A lot of March Madness is crazy. Football is speed up. Man, shit, baseball is like a, the way back burner for some reason, and their season's about to start fighting. Yeah. It's like crazy, man. Like it's a conspiracy against the Major League Baseball. But uh, with that being said, dude, check that. Definitely check out the ODPH. They got the best sports out there. They got the best talk about uh, all your favorites, like The Walking Dead, and uh, you know, a sp- the Superman show there. The Superman Lois best show on CW yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. I haven't. I still haven't checked. It. I, I keep it. I, you know, I gotta check it out finally. I'll make sure. I'll put it on my to do list. Is where's this stream off? HBO Max. Ooh, even easier. Uh, so I'll definitely have to catch up on that because uh, I, I hear you talking about it. I'm like, I should watch this fucking show. But then you know me. Then I get busy watching some fucking wrestling <laughs> show. <laughs> That's why I said I have to take this weekend off. I watch a GCW and I swear to God I'm taking the rest of the weekend off from wrestling because then I can watch something else that I that I want to watch. Uh, not that I don't want to watch wrestling. It's just that I, I spend way too much time watching wrestling. But once again, none of it's WWE for all you fucking idiots who think that I watch WWE all yeah, the time. Yeah, I know. I see that I argument hate that all the time. fucking argument. Come, come find out. I watch zero hours. If you watch six hours of bitch about it, I watch zero hours and I still bitch about it. But guess what? I watch zero hours. So I, my time is better spent. I play, I spend that six hours probably playing Madden. <laughs> True story. <laughs> I prefer playing Madden over any of that shit. Anyways, enough said. God damn. <laughs> God damn. Now I got fired up again. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
before we go, we're give a shout out. Second Suitor, One Winged Angel. We end the show every week with that. Go check them out. Uh, check, make sure you check out Tom Jolu Floodlands, who does the theme song for this fucking uh, show. And also, you heard them earlier. Shout out to Robots as well. Go check them out. Bandcamp, YouTube Music, Spotify. Support them. You can get links to their stuff on both odphpodcast.com and 8122productions.com, either website. Go and support them. But this last song is by Second Suitor. It's called One Winged Angel. It takes us out every week. Thank you guys for another awesome week. Thank you so much for listening to us i know sometimes when we're preaching and everything else i know i know jvd at least likes it when i get fired up but there's other people who like it when i get fired up just remember let's leave this world a fucking better place let's watch some good goddamn wrestling and let's stop worrying about all this nasty stupid fucking shit that we don't have to worry about bottom line it'd make my life a lot better folks until then until next week when we kick off WrestleMania season by previewing the granddaddy of them all, but more importantly, previewing Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor. When we, when we go ahead and do The Collective as a whole and a ton of other fucking shows going down, be ready for a supersized edition next week and the week after. And of course, remember, Super B is joining us yes. on 4-4. When we cover everything, when they get that hangover in, we're going to be talking and then I'm going to need a vacation. <laughs> With that being said, thank you guys so much. For myself, for Ken M, take care of each other, take care of yourselves, and later, wrestling fans! Top ropes, one.